I've seriously been doing this like on mute all this time, huh? Yeah, I was like, is it well, just I guess. to hear him or... Okay. No, no. Right on. I don't feel so <laughs> No, I guess I'm from the top, I guess. <laughs> Hello, I'm Eagle. Eagle Gardens. Eagle Gardens <laughs> one on Instagram. And this, for the second time, is fucking talking shit with Eagle. Episode 273. <laughs> Holy cow. Hopefully you guys had a better start to this weekend <laughs> than the start to this show. <laughs> Holy cow, we have a fun guest with us. I'm sure you've seen her around the community and the chats and stuff. My little tent. How Hello. you doing tonight? You want to tell us uh, how you're doing and where we can find you? Um, I'm good. Um, you can find me here on YouTube, My Little Tent. Um, on IG, it's My Little Tent 420, um, but all the spaces are underscores. So somebody else said, on oh, My Little Tent on IG, I was a little irritated but it is what it is <laughs> yeah it, it can stink when somebody claims your name like that uh that's how i became eagle gardens one because <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was never eagle gardens one until i actually had to come to instagram and then it was like uh huh yeah uh, uh, like, what do i do oh, now no one has my little tent this will be easy wait what the- But hello, everybody. Hello. I'm going to apologize in advance for nice of you to take some- anything I say. Ah. So you can say anything here. It's pretty much an open forum. Cool. That's for sure. Don't hold back on the swear. Some people feel like it. That was know, my concern because I, I, I have the vocabulary of a well-educated sailor. So it, it happens. Please, it's in the title. I guess that's true. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully, you did bring something to uh, smoke and relax on tonight. What'd you bring? Oh, you can't even see it. Stupid zoom camera. Um, I've got some and God's gift. Be- um, I've got some God's gift and some chemoji that we just harvested. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, how's the God's gift? That's one you don't hear. Uh, whole, you've really heard, we've all heard of, of course. Let me. But you don't see a lot of it. You know, it is. It is huge. The nugs are ridiculous. Yeah, I'd say. Nice. So yeah. This still needs. I mean, it still needs a cure because we just turned it today. Yeah, there's it it's a big producer. Very cushy flavored, like it it kind of leads more towards the OG side, I think. But I really enjoy it. Hello chat. There's like so many people that are saying hi to me in chat that I cannot keep up. Hello. Well, you can't complain about a good yielder, especially an OG leaner. I mean, oh yeah, I like the got, OG. I said my husband primarily runs our home grow, and I think he said we were we got about six ounces per plant. Nice, not bad out of three gallon pots. 
No, no, no. That's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. It's off to you guys. That's for sure. People in the chat. And those of you guys that uh, are wondering, and we will do, I am going to do uh, uh, um, a moment of silence for DOA tonight in the rabbit hole. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That's sad. Sad. A sad day, but he's better off than we are now. So, uh, let's let's uh, jump in uh, right. do you mind telling me uh where and uh, how you got started with the cannabis plant there oh, when yeah. was your first time with the uh, with the plant i started smoking weed when i was like 19 in college i think i was one of the few people that didn't smoke weed in high school like i, I maybe twice in all of my high school career um but then when i went to college i got in with a bunch of people that were smokers and it I noticed a lot of the medicinal effect but it still had the stigma so I caught a lot of flack for it from my family so I just kind of like smoked on the down low for years and then when Oklahoma went legal because cultivation Oklahoma used to carry it like a life sentence you could get life up to life for, for cultivation in Oklahoma so I was never brave enough to grow anything just for fear of getting arrested. Hold on. Stop it. Stop it. Sorry, my dog is licking. He's driving me crazy. Um, <coughs> so yeah, as soon as Oklahoma decided they were gonna try to go medical, I just started learning and researching and my husband's from Michigan and some friends of his like kind of taught me a lot and gave me some books to read and just kind of ran from there. Um, my first few harvests were uh, recirculating deep water culture. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I haven't really done any soil growth, so I don't know much about, you know, soil biology or anything like that, but I do know hydroponics. So um, after I spent the last year at Cultivate Garden Supply, Shout out to Cultivate. If you're ever in Denver, check them out. If you're ever in Oklahoma City, check them out. They're grand, grand, like a foot, like they're the, they're the greatest store in the universe is what they call themselves. Sorry, I'm high. Um, they're a great place. I love all those people. If it wasn't for, for Chip Baker, I would not be the grower I am today. Like if it wasn't for Cultivate, I wouldn't be the grower I am. And I, I cannot give those guys enough props, period. Like they're awesome. And then I just recently left there, even after all the props, um, to start my own commercial garden. I'm just in the process of waiting for the license to come through. With COVID, it's kind of slowed everything down. So we have lights and everything. We're just waiting on the piece of paper that says we can put plants in the building. So. Well, hats off to you guys for uh, trying to live the dream. Yeah, That's pretty we, amazing. I know a lot of us wish we were doing it that's for sure you know i know a lot of people do and i did but man is it overwhelming um like i, I talked to some friends of mine from youtube shout out to the guys in chat you know who you are 
Um, but like we're running 25,000 square feet outdoors this spring. Like that's a lot. <laughs> it's like a football field worth of weed. So I'm kind of like a little in shock over that. Um, the building that we have is about 5,000 square feet. Um, and it's tall enough, we're gonna go two stories. So our bed will be upstairs and we'll have four flower rooms downstairs. We should have about 130 to 150 lights when we're finished. No more of my little tent. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> there is no, yeah, there's nothing little about what we got going on. You just think of my daughter's freaking out for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, Denver, Purple Thumb OG, Modern Genetics. You know the problems she's talking about. It's the flaky pilots. Dave's not here. Devin Shipwreck. Is it just Shipwreck or is it Devin Shipwreck for one? You guys are in Southwest Oklahoma. I am in Northwest Oklahoma. I'm about as far Northwest as you can get. So out in the middle of no man's land, literally, that's what we call it. So. Oklahoma living that dream. Man. That's what I think of when I hear the Oklahoma anymore. Man, <laughs> no, and I'm just so are you you obviously fall under the umbrella of the uh getting a little ahead of ourselves. So. Uh, you guys obviously fall uh uh in the unlimited plant count category over there. Oh, yes. So jealous over here. So fucking jealous. Over the here. laws are great in Oklahoma. It is so nice. And I I know that people in Oklahoma give me a lot of shit for this, but I hope we never go recreational. Because the way that the law is written right now, we have pay for recreational. It's $104 to the state for a license for every two years. So for $52 a year, you can smoke marijuana legally in the state of Oklahoma. You don't need, you need a doctor's recommendation. A lot of places have those for either free or $25, depending. Um, but then that's all it takes. You know, I mean, if you're not willing to do that for your own medicine or even for your own fun, you know, if it is for recreation, like, why the hell not? I just, I don't know. I just don't get it. Dog, I'm going to whoop your ass. I agree with you there. I mean, that's well worth the cash. That's the way I I felt about it when I came here to Michigan. You know what I mean? I, it's gotten a lot cheaper to stay on the medical side, but even when it was what it was, I was like, <laughs> really? I mean, why is this even a question for the benefits here? I mean, oh, I was fifty two dollars. That, that's so. You basically you're talking about seventy seven bucks. You know. A year. And yeah. What the fuck? The, because what I mean, is that? I mean, you you literally get an old one here. You just get a, it looks like a driver's license, and it gives you permission to smoke weed in the state. Yeah, here it is. Let me cover up all the vital information on it. But you know, that's it in a nutshell. Ours don't oh. even have our pictures on it. See, now, you do have to upload a picture. 
But hell, I'm taking, I took myself, you know, I took another selfie. Oh, excuse me. I had no problems at all. I actually just had to renew it because like I said, it's good for two years. I was actually looking on my Facebook memories and uh, my very first harvest was two years ago today. So that's kind of, kind of trippy. I'm sorry I keep looking over my shoulder. I have an English bulldog laying on my couch. Let me just show you what I'm talking about so that people aren't like, what the fuck is she doing? Because my dog, I love him. Bless his heart. But sometimes you just want to choke the little shit. See, he's laying there licking that foot. You said he was licking. And my my dog, my bubba does that too, man. As soon as like I we'll be in the ride, and that's like all you can hear is in the back seats. It's like, come on, man, you're drowning out the music, dude. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Drive me nuts. So, and that's if you hear snoring intermittently, that would be the dog. It used to be a real problem on when I used to live stream. He would sleep under my desk. So he really it would like reverb throughout. <laughs> It's pretty bad. It's funny. Yeah, they're a trip. So that's pretty amazing that you've got live starting to live the dream there in Oklahoma. Yeah, so it, it sounds like really you'll cool. have uh, grow indoor and out. That's the plan. And um, we're gonna have indoor and outdoor. Um, we have indoor set up now. I'm gonna try to run three harvests of outdoor um, this spring. Um, if you run autos, you can get three harvests almost guaranteed because our spring is so so long. Um, we don't we don't get a lot of snow into the spring like a lot of people do, and it stays warm through October. So we've got a really long grow season that's perfect to put outside um, for autos. So that's that's kind of the plan so far. I just gotta get a bunch of and I do mean a bunch of auto seeds. <laughs> so, but yeah, we're running. The first two rooms we're setting up are, are only uh, 10 light rooms. Each room is, is 10 lights. And uh, it'll have, I want to say, 90 plants per room. And then once we build out, start building into our rooms, um, those will be 25 by 40. And those will have 30 lights per room with nine plants per light. So awesome. So awesome. Yeah, that go big or go home. You guys over there. Yeah, so we're, it's I mean, not, we're just waiting on the I, license. We've, we've applied, we've paid for it. We've proved our residency because that wasn't an issue for a second. So we're just waiting for them to come back. Um, the state literally has 90 days. Um, it's written in the law that they, they have 90 days to give you a yes or no answer one way or the other. Um, so we're about 18 days in. So just patiently, impatiently waiting. But we can't put any plants out there until... I know Lux on your guys' side, so it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. That's oh yeah, sure. it'll it'll work. It's yeah. taking time, just like everything this year. It just takes more time than it should. Is what it is. You can't fight it. It just makes you flip out worse when you when you try to fight it. 
Yeah, that's you're right. Modern genetics. It is not a little tent. It's it not a little tent at all. And I used to catch out because my tent was never small. The smallest tent I had was a four by four. And I started in a four by eight. So they were like, it's not a small tent. What are you talking about? So, man, are you planning to do some pheno hunting there, or are you just uh, right now? The main run goal with is certain to, ones. The main goal is to just find what works with our climate. You know what I mean? I mean, my husband does a lot of pheno hunting here at the house, and because we're both medical patients, also we can grow twelve plants each. So we can have 12 in flower and 12 in badge at any given time. Plus I also have a caregiver's license for a friend of mine here in town. So we have six, his six plants here also. So we can run up to 18 plants. So he kind of pheno hunts and we kind of try things out like, oh, this is really good. Like the God's gift, it's a producer of the smoke is fire. That's gonna get ran in the commercial garden. You know, but the gushers that stays like this tall and it takes forever to veg and it has a little bitty nugs, it'll probably stay at the house. I mean, it's great smoke. It's wonderful quality, but it's just on a commercial level, it won't, it won't pay the bills. And it, it's, it's sad that you have to kind of think that way when you get to a certain size. It is more, more money over time because time is money, you know, and you don't get to spend that individual quality time with each plant and training each, you know, each branch to do what you want and to, you don't get to love on them. You know what I mean? Because you have 90 of them in this one room that need just as much love. And I'm only one person. So you do kind of have to I've had to learn to step back and be okay with not every plant being perfect all the time. And that was a real hard pill to swallow because it is hard to keep, you know, hundreds of plants healthy all the time. So home grower gets 24 plants. Um, yes and no dirt road dude. Um, I kind of blazed through that real quick. Each, each grower in Oklahoma with your medical license is allowed six plants in veg and six plants in flower. So my husband and I are both medical patients. So we get six, six, and then, yeah, so 12 and 12. And then I have a caregiver license. Um, a friend of mine here in town, he's a quadriplegic. Um, I grow for him. So we also have his 12 plants. If that makes so, um, it does. It does. So let's uh, let's roll back to the beginning there. I mean, we right. kind of fast forwarded right to the the juicy stuff. Right, I know um, that's the fun stuff to talk about, though. Well, well, I mean, when did? All right, you kind of told me a little bit about when you first smoked, but uh, tell me about when you first actually started to grow there. I mean, you think. You know, my how, who helped get you there? But, um, uh, so let's my, hear about that first one. My first successful run, because I tried to grow back in college one time, and my mom found them, and they were just like maybe this tall. I didn't know deadly squat. I had a black light over them, you know, because 
that's what you do to weed. You put them under black lights. Yeah, that, that's how much I knew when I started. My mom laughed her ass off. <laughs> she was like, oh, honey, no. This is not... No, I'm not even mad that you're Probably growing weed. I'm, I'm more ashamed that you don't know how. <laughs> it was kind of... so. But should have been proud that you got them that far. I mean... Yeah, it was pretty funny. So she gave me a lot of shit for that. Um, but no, like, I got into hydroponics. Um, I kept fish. I've always liked animals i'm a water sign so i've always kind of migrated to water so that's why i thought hydroponics would just be easier for me i already kind of knew how to maintain water parameters so instead of having to learn how to maintain everything i could focus in on certain things so hydro in the long run was easier for me um my first run was I did two plants of OG Kush and two plants of Northern Lights. And to look back on them now, they look fucking awful. <laughs> They're the ugliest, larviest, most starved plants I've ever seen. But, you know, it's when you're starting out, what are you going to do? You know, you don't know any better. And the weed was fired, so it, it kept me going. And so I've actually... <clears throat> I've kind of taken a step back from the garden for about the last year because um, I was working at Cultivate and I just wanted to focus more on learning products, learning different IPM techniques and different just good information to know versus the hands-on. I can learn hands-on. I've done the hands-on. I wanted to learn from every customer that walked through the door. You know, every customer would be like, how do I get rid of spider mites? I have cocoa. Okay, well, you can use this, this, or this. You know, well, I have spider mites, but I'm in soil. E, okay, we don't want to mess with your biology, so you're going to want to go this way. And to be able to step back from a garden and to focus on just the problems that can come up in your garden has made me more confident as a grower overall. Even though I haven't touched a plant in a year. Well, I say that I've got seedlings going now, but I didn't mess anything, touch with anything until I moved back home. Back in like September, I think. So. So can you uh, share some of the good stuff you've learned? Uh, oh God, what do you last few ask, months? Ask away, man, because I I can't. I am more of a question answerer. So if anyone in chat has questions, let me know. I'm all about answering questions and stuff like that. I just am not good at pulling random shit out of my head. Um. So yeah, yeah, I loved hydroponics. I did RDWC for couple years well about a year and like i said i took i tore my system down um sos i don't know if you're familiar with sos death valley here on on uh youtube he has some videos of my hydro system running right now because <coughs> we rebuilt it my husband builds everything and uh, it was basically like a ripoff of a current culture system so it was uh 13 
you know, 13, four 13 gallon totes with two inch piping in between them with constant recirculation. What has been the biggest unexpected headache of hydro? That's a good question. Um, the water changes. Um, when you run small amounts of water, it's just like if I were to take a cap full of poison and I pour it in this bottle, it's gonna make you super, super sick. But if I take the same cap full and I pour it in this cup, you're going to be substantially less sick. And if I take this cap and I pour it in a swimming pool, it's even more distributed. So larger volumes of water are always easier to keep maintained. And in like DWC and RDWC, when in doubt, change it out. If you run into problems with your water, your water's too hot, you're getting some kind of pythrium in your root ball or anything like that, change your water. Water changes have saved my ass, but they are very labor intensive and they can be very messy. And it's not when you flood, or it's not if you flood, it's when you flood. Like you will spill water at least twice. So that was kind of my thing was just how much water it took, how long, um, how fast it was, because it is like super fast. Um, one of the main things that people know, but they, they kind of, they don't really take it serious, I guess, is how quickly shit can go bad in hydro. But then on the flip side of that, once you correct your problem, it corrects itself just as quickly. So if you notice, oh shit, I've got pH lockout, I need to, I need to change my water. You get some good pH water in there and the plants realize it. They're like, you can just watch them. Like they just become happier right in front of your eyes because things are so fast. But if you don't stay on that and you don't monitor your plants and you don't put eyes on them every single day and you're not checking your water parameters every single day, sometimes multiple times a day, you will have problems. It's, that's just how it goes. So what is a drawing set up for a football field worth of flowers going to be? Um, I actually have a, uh, it's a reefer trailer. <laughs> um, I don't know if most people know what those are. They're insulated, insulated uh, semi-trailers that's climate controlled. That's what we dry in. Um, transfer pumps, hooked low point, drains water is Absolutely, Sarge. Putting in a drain is like the best thing you can ever do. I used to, when I very first started, I would shop back every bucket and then I would take hydrogen peroxide and spray every bucket and wipe every bucket once a week. And it was a huge pain in the ass. And then, like I said, those plants all look like, I thought they were the best looking plants on the planet. Like they were the prettiest, most beautiful weed I've ever seen. And to go back and look at them now, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, why was I talking shit? <laughs> I had no place to be talking shit. <laughs> so, 
pen is what it is. Um, what lighting am I using? Um, I use T5s, Cordelux T5s. Um, and then I use 1000 watt HPS, double-ended. I have a Phantom and a Dutch Lighting Institute here at the house. And then in the commercial grow, we have the Dutch Lighting Institute and uh, Lux, the Lux Jewels. My dog's gonna drive me crazy. So you're muted again, Eagle. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, I do not envy you when it comes to uh, harvest time on that scale of a grow, that's for sure. That's we're for sure. hopefully, once we get everything built out, we're going to be harvesting a room a month. And then the outdoor will harvest three times. Um, <laughs> it is very much a family farm. It's called Five On It Farms. Um, there's five of us so I mean it, it is a play on words it is off a play off the song but there's five of us it's my my husband and I my, my mom and my stepdad and my son so it's a very small family farm um my son's out there trimming with this he he helps us amend soil and so he's learning just along with all of us but yeah I was like yeah your your little ass is gonna learn to trim buddy <laughs> So, but yeah, we've got a lot of people here in town that are super excited, you know, and they're like, it's a new industry. It's going to be really cool. Like, let us know if you need help, you know. So I've got people that are, that are wanting to help us out for trim season or wanting to help us out for outdoor. And so it'll be nice to be able to work with, like, local people and actually bring something into this town because the town I'm from is very small and it is dying. The oil and gas industry took a major hit this year and last year, and it has just gotten substantially worse where I live. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to be able to bring new industry and new businesses into my home, my home area, like my hometown, is very, I don't know, it's kind of cool. It's rewarding. I catch a lot of hell. I have to, I have fighting with the city right now as far as being able to actually do it. Um, in town, but you know, it is what it is. It, not all change is easy. So someone's got to be the first one and I'm just stubborn enough to, to bulldoze my way through it. So. How about you guys for that? That's for sure. And they should want to see, you know, you, I would think your hometown, your local area would be uh, more sympathetic to you you guys versus the people that kind of come in and you there's know, you know no trying to you know just cash in on Oklahoma. Now the county I live in has did not support state question eighty eight um or yeah state question seven eighty eight and that that's the the medical marijuana law. Um so they actually have a piece of paper that says we have a hands off policy. We do not take money for a license we do not want anything at all so it really didn't cost us anything the the issue i'm running in with <laughs> is the city 
not wanting to rezone half of my lot to commercial to put a dispensary in in like two or three years. So that's the main fight right now. It kind of sucks. But is what it is. Like I said, the city manager is on our side. He thinks he, like he's all for it, but it's the city board that's not for it. They're like, oh, we don't want that smell. We don't want we don't want our city to be associated with that that devil's lettuce, that moon cabbage. You know, so there's a lot of old heads here and I get it. But it is what it is. Change is coming. Obviously, they have not smelled the smell of a good girl. I don't know how it could be. I mean, maybe to some, but I mean, yeah. really? Cannabis smell is just amazing while it's growing, especially when, you know, them lights just kick off and it's like super pungent. That's one of my favorite times, right? It's like, holy cow. Everything's on point. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but at the same time, it's very overwhelming. Um, we're in, we're going to try to get our processors licensed too, so we can do edibles and creams, um, pre rolls. You have to have a processor's license to make pre rolls, which is stupid. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to learn all of that and figure all of that out too. It's busy, busy, busy. But yeah, back to your original question who got me started. <laughs> uh, I was a good friend of my husband's back in Michigan. He ran hydro and he ran a, a two really lovely current culture systems. And I walked into his room with the vented HBS and I'm just like, oh, you know, like, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is it. So kind of sucks that. I can't run hydroponics um, commercially just because it's just not feasible on that size of a scale. Unfortunately, just the startup cost is ridiculous. Um, the water chillers you need for that volume of water are ridiculous. And if it goes bad, you lose an entire crop, you're out, you know, $100,000, not a plant, not a couple ounces. So it's, it's different taking the the risk at home in hydro than it is being willing to take that same risk in commercial. At least in my opinion. So what what medium have you guys chose to go with then? Um, we run Growers High Porosity. <laughs> it's a cocoa peat base. Um, it's made out of Denver. Um, it's all you know, I'm, I say this and, and I will be corrected in chat because I was corrected the other day. I want to say it was purple credit. Um, but they claim that it is ethically and sustainably sourced. Um, everything is either ethically sourced or is a byproduct of something else. Um, so it's cocoa, peat, perlite, dolomite lime, and a little bit of gypsum. And that's it. And it's stored indoors, shipped indoors bagged indoors so you never have to worry about bugs like some oxworm soils that you can buy that are stored outside um you're gonna get bugs in, in soil outside they, they like it that's what they want to be in um and that's why i like the growers it's just because i don't i don't have to worry about that 
and I can recycle it and compost it and use it in my outdoor once we're through with it in my indoor. So it's, I don't know, it's not really, I mean, it's recyclable, but it's at the same time, it's, I don't just use it once and I throw it away. I can use it in, in the outdoor next year, so. And so is it something you guys are like warming up with already? I mean, have you had some runs in it? Not yet. We've got everything hung up and stuff. Like I said, we can't legally put any plants out there until we get that little piece of paper. So I'm just waiting until we get everything out there. We were going to try to run some cover crops, but it got to be too late. Um, everything that we would, that would actually work in our zone. Excuse me. Everything we should have worked in that would have worked in our zone as far as a cover crop or a nitrogen fixing cover crop, we should have planted back in like August, September, and we didn't even own the property at that point. So right now we're kind of like learning as much as we can. I've had the soil tested. I've had the water tested. Um, we have some, a big compost pile we're working on. And the main goal was to go full organic outdoors this year. But I don't know, honestly, if we're going to have time to get everything up and running like it needs to be and to have everything basically have time to be composted off like it needs to be. You know, because we do have cattle, we do have pigs, we have mules and stuff like that. So we do have a lot of stuff that needs hot composted. So that kind of stuff takes time. And we're just going to kind of learn as fast as we can and do as best as we can and stay above water and keep going. So um, everyone that I know that has been successful in the Oklahoma industry has started small and every harvest, they just go a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And then before you know it, you're looking at acres, you know, so it snowballs very quickly. I, I am very aware of that and I'm, but I'm very looking forward to it. Like, it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a challenge. It'll be fun. I think it would do nothing but snowball myself. I mean, as a grower, isn't it that the way it is, I even on a home scale. I mean, yeah. even though we are allotted a certain amount of plants, what, Everybody what happens breaks their plant count. Grows? I'm not, if, if you don't, if you're not breaking your plant count, you're fucking lying. I'm sorry. <laughs> People may not show their full plant counts on fucking video, and I don't blame them. But I don't buy for a single minute that everybody's like, oh, I can only have six plants. Well, luckily, I'm not in that group. Uh, um, you know, um, but what I learned because the plant counts, though, you know, it's a lot of people, this is the way they I see it go. It's like all in that first round, and it breaks my heart to see like a four by four just packed with all 12 plants it's like uh, what are you doing sure it looked nice didn't it look nice but you Until know that pm said what, what's next on that yeah, yeah. I mean, what's next in on, on that well and my thing is is like so i like why... to see the blue, little bit bigger plants grow oh yeah and, and like my husband has done a, a little bit we did a, a seven gallon in uh, 
a four by four. We did one plant in a four by four. That was really cool. Yeah, the first rule about plant count is to never talk about plant count. <laughs> yeah. Very true, very true. So, but yeah. Only allowed to kind of lucky here in Michigan. What's your what's the limit in Michigan? I don't I don't remember. <laughs> I think it's it's six, isn't it? For the it's home twelve uh six at six for the home grower, right? Twelve per card. Is it? No, twelve per card, and then uh here for the rack we're allowed twelve for the house. Okay. So no matter how many adults in the house, you can have twelve there per property. Oh yeah, but, that's pretty good. Um, so as a medical patient slash caregiver, I can have myself plus five patients. So right. and twelve patients are twelve per per patient. So seventy two. Right. Yeah, it's the same way here. I can. So I actually am float under that limit of because of my my size but if i were a little bit bigger i would definitely be pushing it but what i was getting to that though, no matter what size you are as you're a grower as you progress you learn about you know how to manage your plants and usually that answer is a little bit bigger plants and you start spacing them out a little bit bigger and as you like clean things up it's usually like huh I just got rid of that chest or whatever. You're like, no, that's, that's a four by four. That's a two by two. I can throw a light right there. Get to be a little veg area going. And it does it. It just snowballs after a while. Yeah, I mean, I I, the I room I'm sitting in practically is the space I'm sitting in. And then everything else is planned. Oh, yeah, you can't see. You can't see because my background. Uh, I, yeah, we went from a four by eight tent and now we have a grow room at the house. And now that grow room has expanded to have the veg in the garage. <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, it's like anything. When, when you enjoy it and you really want to get into it, you just go for it and you go all out. But I've had, I've seen working in the commercial side of it, I've seen a lot of people who did that fail and, and fail very unfortunately. Oh, four-minute warning, everybody. Um, so that was one reason why we didn't want to jump in with $100,000 worth of investment. Because if... I, that's a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? Like, you cannot... There is no room to fail at that level. Now, the people that started out... They're basically like investment money. Like, you know, like like gambling. Like I can afford to lose $500 when I go to the casino next month or whatever. You know, if you look at it like that and you put that kind of mentality into it, like I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to win, but if I lose, it's not the end of the, it's not the end of the world because I was prepared to lose that. Does that make sense? Like I, I've gotten to a point where I've had to prepare myself to be like, if I lose all of this, it's okay because I still got this. You know, I still have my garden. So, I don't know. I'm stoned. Ah. That's the way I kind of figured about my grow there. 
when it all kind of kicked off, I was like, man, I am spending, you know, this much per month on fucking weed. I can, as long as I can keep my grow, no matter what it was, I knew the electricity would be the kicker. As long as I could keep it under that, especially getting it going, though, you know, the first four struggling months, the first veg, <laughs> till you get through harvest, yeah. is brutal. You're still fucking buying weed. <laughs> you're still buying weed. And then you, weed and and then you have to look at it. Else. You cut it down and you're staring at it for yeah. the next week. Like, wait, Yeah. I think to me, I think one of the biggest uh, bummers in that first few few grows there were uh, the brutal reality of uh, shrinkage on the buds there. I'd have them all laid out, you know, and fucking on one of those bouncy nets. And it looked so pretty just fresh after harvest, you know what I mean? Just trim them up, fill the net, go to work and fucking they not pop in for a day or two. Then you come back in there and it's like, who's been in there? So we have the shit in there. We're <laughs> Nobody's been in there, I swear. Check the camera. Sure. Fucking oh, yeah. looking pretty light in there. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, that shrinkage. But yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Have a one-minute But yeah, it's you know that uh, the it was such a fun learning curve, though. You know, and I, I like I said, you know, once. What's that? No, I was agreeing. My dog's oh, You kind of cut out there for a second. Oh, I was just agreeing with you. Dumb, uh, it, golden years. Uh, we're kind of cutting back and forth. It's my internet. <laughs> Sorry. So what was, uh, what would you say would, uh, some of the things you learned from uh, the first grow to the second grow? Feed your plants more. Um, I was just going by what my friend told me he did in his grow. And what someone does in their grow may not work for what you do in your grow. And that was a big thing for me to learn. Um, because he was teaching me how to grow in Michigan. And the climate in Michigan is 120% different than the climate in Oklahoma. And so once I kind of figured out that like, you know what, maybe I should up the nutrients a little bit. Maybe I need to give them more humidity versus going off of what he was telling me I needed in my tent. Then I started to see a lot of improvement as far as how the plants looked and responded. And then it's just picking something out every grow that I didn't like how this looked. How do I fix that? Um, like my second grow, it foxtailed horribly. <laughs> well, I found out it was because it was too much heat and not enough humidity. So now I try to run closer to VPD. Um, do I always get there? No, but it is a good goal to shoot for. And 
by doing that, I've gotten to where it is easier to control my environment. So just every grow, every harvest, I find something that, you know, either we try something new or we try a new product or we try a new training technique or, you know, just experiment, play with it. It's, it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. So, and that's how you learn. You make mistakes. That's how you learn. So. Some of the best mistakes are learned from uh, our best lessons are learned from making mistakes. One hundred percent. So, what was so the the choice the the main driving factor in uh, how we passed the twenty? Oh, uh, <laughs> the driving factor in uh, choosing autos for outdoors. There, it's kind of okay. funny you brought that up. So, kind of brought I've kind of talked about. That in Oklahoma lately, but I'm interested in hearing your reasoning why. Well, one, they're faster. Um, so you can you can get you cut off at, at what four weeks typically, <coughs> three to four weeks with an auto versus a photo with that veg time. Um, now, granted, you would get more. If you started with a photo, like if I planted a photo the same time I planted more uh, an auto, those, those photos will go all summer long and they will be gigantic, enormous bushes because our days are so long. Like, uh, it's hard to explain, I guess. Um, my main thing with the autos, I guess, is just. I can get more in, like more harvest in in a season. It's less less dependent on the light schedule. Um, I can run a, a run of autos, see how they do, and then go photos for the next. You know, if the autos don't do as well, well then we'll just go photos the next round. You know, and then we'll run a whole thing of photos. You know. It's just, it's all experimentation. With us, with this being a new farm and a new property we're buying, it's all gonna be getting it dialed in and it's gonna be rough, but that's kind of part of it. So, kind of, kind of gotta play around with it and figure it out. I, um, I kind of admired your aspects to go the first rounds for sure with the autos i mean one one it lessens that failure rate the first time i think yeah. you know you don't have as much out there to worry about for well, two I mean, it's a quicker return during that first uh incubation period of the business there i mean to get one out get one out and then you know get some income back in to get whatever's needed to keep Right. Let that let that first harvest pay pay to support your outdoor, you know, the rest of your outdoor season. <laughs> because I mean that's the thing with a commercial garden. I mean it is the same way with any perpetual garden, but for every minute those lights are off, or for every minute that those plants aren't under flowering conditions, that's money you're losing. I mean, so every every flip and every turnaround has to be fast because 
if you're waiting a week between turnarounds, well, then you just blew up a week that you could have been making money because there is time between harvests. So you just it's just a different different way to think about it, I guess. Just different mindsets between home and, and the commercial scale because there's a lot of things that I would recommend home growers do that as a commercial gardener, I would be like, there ain't no fucking way <laughs> if that would never work for me. But it would work fantastic for someone in smaller conditions, so. Have you had, how, have you had experience with autos prior? Not a, <laughs> Not a fucking bit. Not a fucking bit. So, do you have a do you have a breeder that you're kind of looking for there? Um, yeah, a friend of mine. Uh, he owns a seed company, and he's he's hooked up pretty good with uh, with archive. So I'm gonna try to get. He sells seeds by the pound. So I can get auto seeds by the pound from him instead of having to buy multiple 10 packs. So, and he also is kind of who got me started and, and I worked for him. So, you know, I have never personally ran autos, but I've worked for people on their commercial farm has grown autos. So I've, I've seen it done. I know it can be done successfully. It's just, put up or shut up for me at this point. <laughs> I, like, uh, I like the way I don't even I haven't been reading chat because I saw like some dominatrix talk and was just like oh no 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 just you're clear away from that <laughs> yeah you can tell when Dave's in the chat Oh, yeah, I know. You can tell when Dick Mr. Davidson said. Oh, and I guarantee you that the neighborhood is cracking himself. up right now. The neighborhood is busting my balls right now. I guarantee it. They are laughing their asses up. Yeah, did you tell everybody you'd be on tonight? Hopefully they're taking some time to watch. So yeah, is that the, still the god bad bud you're smoking on there? Yep. It was whatever What's was up? over on the tray. That's the way I smoke a lot of mine too. I'm not afraid to mix it up a little bit. It's all the same. It's all the same, but <coughs> it all came out of the same garden. This is actually Kimoji. <coughs> it's way gassier. Oh get you in the lungs yeah i'm a fan of the gassy stuff myself that's for sure yeah i like that shit that i know that i'm smoking like get you in your lungs i always and you know anymore i think with dabs a little bit too you know i thought dabs would almost take me the other way but I think they've almost opened my lungs up a little bit. I think I've taken so many hot yeah, dabs in my life. <laughs> I've taken so many hot dabs in my life that I've scorched my lungs. So I, I, they don't really bother me a whole lot. 
and I say that as I'm coughing. <laughs> but yeah, that I'm I'm a hot dabber, so I'm I got pretty scorched lungs, I'm sure. What size autos do I look for? I have no idea. Don't have a clue. I'm going to talk to my mentors and my my guys from Cultivate that that work with me, that help me out, and be like, bro, point me in the correct direction. Um, I don't even remember what all strange chip ran last year. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to sit down with those guys and be like, I, I don't know. I'm so new. Help me because it's, it is so easy to get a commercial license in Oklahoma. Literally all you have to do is not be a felon, be a resident for two years and pay $2,500. That's it. So. I mean, there, there are a few more little hoops you have to go through. Like you have to have your property, um, stuff like that. Um, you have to have your, like, make sure everything's up to code and your zoning and all that shit. But if you're out in the country, that's all it takes because the state doesn't have a whole lot of, of zoning laws, especially out in unincorporated areas of the state. So it makes it very easy for people to get in. Um, I want to say that I, I heard that Oklahoma has more licenses per capita than Michigan, Colorado, and California combined. Now, not not total, but license per capita because our population is so small. But like 10% of the population of Oklahoma has uh, a medical marijuana card. So some property prices like Changed by your license plate. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. I'm not going to lie. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. Um, I know a lot of guys from, from Colorado that, that came in. They came in early and bought land and just chilled. Like, nope, I'm not even applying for shit till I get my license changed. <laughs> because it wasn't worth it because like there is like there is uh what first we see god i'm a fucking stoner yeah lost it totally lost it sorry almost yeah how are you eagle yeah I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good myself. Oh, man. Pretty good. Um, but I would think it would work that way myself. I think that, you know, some of the locals there would be hooking each other up. And if they seen you coming in, pulling in with that Michigan license plate, it seemed like they just have a sign that flip. Oklahoma, out-of-stater, fucking... Well, yeah, that, that's what it was, is that a lot of people, like, they're, they look at the, the people from Colorado, and they look at the people from Cali that are coming out here, and they're like, well, you didn't even, you don't even know how to pronounce half the names of the towns in the state. What the hell are you doing here? You know, so, and I get it, but at the same time, the guys I learned from are from Humboldt. The guys I, that took me under their wing are all from Humboldt and Mendocino. So I can't hate on the out-of-staters either because they're doing, I mean, they're killing it in the, in the industry. They really are. 
are there a lot of native Oklahoma growers that are doing fantastic? Yes, there are. You know, but our industry is big enough for everybody. You know, like there's so much weed sold in the state of Oklahoma, whether it stays in the state or not is not my concern. But there's so much weed sold that there's, there's no reason why there's not room for everybody. Like when I first moved back, um, one of the, the big growers here in the county I live in, I, I used to get him his nutrients and his equipment and stuff like that when I worked at the grow store. And I was delivering like some dehumidifiers or something to him. And he was like, so you're really moving out back home? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, you're gonna move out here and you're gonna, you're gonna put me out of business, aren't you? And I just looked at him and I'm like, why would you, why would you even think that, that I would do that one? I said, there's more than enough room for all of us here. Like that, and you own a dispensary. So I need somewhere to sell my weed to, you know, but um, being this average cost of an ounce in Oklahoma, it depends on where you're at and it depends on the strain. I've seen ounces go for 300. I've, most of the ounces that I buy are around 215, 230, so. Sorry, I just saw Oklahoma in chat. Yeah, that's a question I'm always, you know, curious about too. It goes up and down. I don't know. I it doesn't make much sense how it can be, uh, you know, eighty bucks an ounce in fucking Oregon and three hundred in some states and whatnot. Yeah, like I can drive to a dispensary right now in Oklahoma City and pay three hundred, three fifty an ounce. Or I can drive, you know, the same same distance to another another dispensary and it's you know 200 215 and really oklahoma i will say has become a very bougie market very fast um so a lot of the consumers are very aware of what they're smoking which is great um, so a lot of people, when they go into dispensaries, will ask, like, who grew this? What farm did this come off of? <laughs> I do. I, I ask. Mainly because I knew what the farms were buying. <laughs> like, if, if the farms that are spraying Eagle 20, if you're selling their shit, I don't want to buy it, you know? So that was just kind of my, my take on on that but Oklahoma does have a lot of a lot of knowledgeable consumers and it's great you get a lot of people really rooting for farmers you know like really rooting for farms that and they they don't just follow them on Instagram but like they'll follow them on you know on drops like they'll follow them from dispensary to dispensary because they're just a loyal fan base of that product you know, it's like being a Coke versus a Pepsi guy. But some people in Oklahoma like Robot Farmer and some people like Jive. So Eagle 20, what is the state testing like in Oklahoma? It's really freaking stiff. You can't use Eagle 20. You're not supposed to use product. Eagle 20. I've seen people sell it, but I don't recommend it. 
I hate that product. I hate that product. That's just the devil, man. It turns into Somebody's like cyanide nice or some and- shit when you smoke it. It's just horrible for you. Somebody even made my no names, no names, Pete. Made my product code over there, fucking Eagle 20. I was like, really? He's like, the year's 20. And I'm like, uh huh, uh huh, not even funny. I didn't even think of that when I said that. I was just like, because I know that's like one of the worst ones, but I've seen it in a lot of grocery stores. So I know if it's in a grocery store, people are buying it. People are using it. I cringe every time I hear it. I'm like, oh, man. I didn't even think about that. that Eagle 20. My bad. <laughs> you say hi to chat real quick for like you know twenty seconds. I gotta grab me a nice pack. Sure, I love talking to chat. So what's up, everybody? Good night, painted lady. If you haven't already left, have a good one. Um, let me scroll up to see if there's any stuff I missed. I'm sure that there is. Thank you for wishing me luck, Modern Genetics. I appreciate that. Cheers, 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 White Feather. We do have a lot of Oklahomies in the chat, which is very cool. I think we should do like, you know, like they have the Michigan Grow Bros show. I think we should do like, I don't know. I can't even think of a a funny name off the top of my head, but like some Oklahoma version of that. It'd be fucking sweet. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh, what did I I agree. I agree. I think that'd be neat. Shoulder pad. I fucking, oh man, I totally fucked my shoulder up yesterday. That's why I canceled yesterday's show, man. I was like, really, I was in this terrible pain last night, man. I came on about like 4.30 after I was like well medicated, just long enough to like, Saved my streak, if you will. Mm. But, uh, oh man, I, I'm feeling that shit from like my fingertips all the way from my shoulder blades to the back mm. of my neck, almost to my fucking teeth. What did you do? Oh, I'm an idiot. That's what I was doing. Well, I'll I, tell you, like I tell my son, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. I guess, I guess, yeah. I was. I have that I have a thirteen-year-old. He does dumb shit, and then he comes crying like, oh, "I hurt this." Like, no, no. If you're gonna be dumb, you must be tough. So, but yeah, yeah. once we get older, we don't heal very well. No, it it t- definitely takes a little bit longer to heal up there, for sure. That's why. Uh, I was bitching about it yesterday, and I wasn't expecting no fucking whatever. So I was like, oh, I know the routine. Ice heat, ice heat, it'll fucking fade. <laughs> I've been through it fucking way too many times. But Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, Bingus, I was working the bag a little bit yesterday and got out of my... For one, it wasn't warmed up. For two, it was all false, all frustration. Three, I got out way outside my hook line there. I got fucking, I just tore that thing. I, I tried to like take a punch, you know, throw a punch way back here. Mm. Yeah. Bag comes swinging back into it when I was trying to swing back there. And it just like, rah, 
oh. and just yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That makes my shoulder yeah. hurt. You gotta want to be old. It's true. Yeah, it made my shoulder hurt too. I was like, what an idiot too. This is one of the things knew better, but whatever. Oh, I'm, I'll love. I'll love for sure. But uh, so I guess one question for the people that are watching that you may have that uh, you just spoke a little bit about is uh, IPM for some of these guys in soil. Organics is like the craze right now. I mean, so how would you, you know, suggest for somebody that actually had some type of infestation in soil there? Well, I mean, you know, it really, it, you know, it kind of depends. I kind of seen a little bit of that myself, but my answer was way worse than what you were saying. I knew, you know, for, my answer was like to them was like defoliate, spray, hit the soil, you know, and then, you know, come back with some bio predators. But like you said, you know, your, your bio What's going on in the soil is definitely something you need to take in for consideration as well. Absolutely. Um, I think some of the greatest things that people can use for IPM, and in my personal opinion, and like I said, and I've never ran organic, so I can't speak as to what works the best, but what science-wise, um, if you use things like fungus and bacteria, and things like that, like Bavaria bassiana, Bacillus thuringiensis, or thuringiensis, or the hell you want to say it. Um, those things will attack a lot of bugs and a lot of nasty shit that you don't want to deal with. And you're, the bugs will never become immune to those. Um, and they're also because they're natural. You won't ever have any issue with testing. Um, and it's not going to hurt you because it's just all natural stuff that is in everywhere. It's just really concentrated forms of it. Um, like I said, I, I, Bavaria bassiana is really cool. Um, it's a fungus and it will make bugs mold. Like you'll see them like they'll have like little patches of mold on them. Um, and then they'll die. And then when those die, the mold releases more spores and those spores get on more bugs and it's just a cycle. But I would rather do something like that personally than use something like, uh, I mean, there's lots of products out there on the market. Um, I, I guess I don't want to recommend stuff that I wouldn't use. Um, stuff that I, I probably would use would be like plant therapy. That's a really good one for... And now in veg, you can use that in flour because it's alcohol-based. I wouldn't recommend it, but it's possible, you know. On a commercial level, it's a little different because of the testing that you have to go through and things like that. Um, because there's a lot of things that work fantastic um, as far as... You say alcohol-based in flour, it just sounds so brutal. Because I know what alcohol does. I mean, think about it. I mean, what's it do when you're cleaning your system? Your I know. That's what I'm saying. Like it's or anything it's else. It just annihilates. I try I not to spray anything in flour. Like personally, I just, I just don't. Um, I don't want anything on my buds. So, I like I said, I just try to control it best I can with. 
right. was my IPM. Um, I see a pure crop, earth friendly farming run up pure crop. Pure crop is a fantastic one. You can use that in flour. Um, it's primarily corn and soybean oils. So it's totally fine to use in flour, um, but be careful with it. It is very strong um, and it does get a little pricey. So that's not normally my first recommendation for people just because it is kind of expensive. Peace out, B. Have a good one. Um, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of different things like spinosad. Spinosad is a fantastic thing for caterpillars. Like outdoors in Oklahoma, caterpillars are the devil. Grasshoppers are the friggin' devil. Um, and the, one of the best things for that is spinosad. But because spinosad is bad for bees and it was outlawed in California and Colorado, Oklahoma has adapted their testing protocols. So we can't use it here either. Um, even though all spinosad is, is the uh, active ingredient in chrysanthemums. So you're basically just spraying crushed up chrysanthemums on your flowers. So that's totally fine too. Um, trifecta, so I, I see trifecta in chat. Yes, that is a, another really good one. I've used trifecta. Um, praying mantis, that's a good one too. Praying mantis, ladybugs, nematodes. I mean, there's all natural things that you can use that will do the same thing as harmful chemicals and shit will. That's safer in the end, it's safer for the flowers, it's safer for the patient. And, and, and at the end, that's what's, that's what's important. Like, I don't want this to make me sick because this is what I use to make me feel better. You know, I don't wanna give my patient something that's, that's harmful to him because he's already got medical problems. And I think as a commercial grower, if you don't think about your patients first, then you're in the business for the wrong reason. Because I know guys that spray their shit with Able, Eagle 20 and Avid and, and don't care because they don't care what it comes out as. They don't care what it looks like, just sell it. And I don't wanna, I don't wanna be that kind of farmer, so. Does that so answer? What, uh, it does. I was, as you were talking there, I couldn't help but wonder as you step outdoors into that kind of arena, you know, are you thinking about, uh, you know, using banker and uh, companion plants as a uh, part of your IPM or? Yes. Um, and we're uh, doing a lot of uh, IPM perimeters. Um, so we don't just spray our garden for bugs. We spray all, we spray the entire building. We spray six feet away from the building, you know, you have to be clean when you come in. So it's not just right in the garden. Like it's, it's the whole property. Um, and my stepdad, luckily that's what he does for a living. He sprays, um, he has a landscaping business. So he just kind of takes care of that. He's, I gave him the list and said, you can't use this. <laughs> like, here's all the testing that, that we have to pass don't use any of that. And he is kind of taking care of that. I mean, but that's, that's kind of the best thing about working with family is we all get to play to our own strengths and stuff. So 
you know, he's, he does that kind of stuff. And I, I do the plant. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome setup you guys got going there. <clears throat> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. So what is big there? And, you, you know, I asked you kind of basically, you know, what if you're going to pheno hunt, but you guys said in the beginning you were kind of going to go with, you know, what sells? Any idea on what kind of strains? Uh, <clears throat> in your opinion, what's hot there? What what do you think? Ah, she's got a list. I do have a list. Uh, um, this is what we have going right now as far as... <clears throat> like what all we have popped i've got the god's gift chem dog sunset mac sunsea star mac one uk cheese granddaddy black um where are those other ones there they are okay Cincy Star, Mandarin Sunset, OG Kush, Thin Mints, Immaculate, Platinum Kush, Fader OG, Mac One, Sunset Mac, UK Cheese, Gushers, Kim Dog, and Granddaddy Black. That's what we've got running right now. Um, but what's popular here is a Mac. Anything Mac is super popular. Um, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Like people just say the hype. People want the hype. They want that new, new, which, I mean, it's great and all, but sometimes that new, new doesn't grow, grow very well, well. Especially <laughs> so that Mac there. I agree, I agree. You know, and I, I and love it's that. sad because I don't, I don't sometimes think people just necessarily are, right? Yeah, it's, I'm not knocking the quality, that's for sure. But uh, I think some, I don't think people necessarily know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Because their flavor are dictating the market somewhat right now, but nobody wants to be locked into, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you guys are all higher, hollering out, Mac, Mac, Gorilla Glue, Gorilla Glue, we, I, you know, me as a grower, don't come a bitch in five years down the road when that's all you got. <laughs> you know, you guys wanting something else because uh, you guys, you know, stumped out all the <coughs> varieties because, you know, it, so much good stuff that you just haven't heard of yet. You know what I mean? Things that are up and coming and just haven't cracked the door yet, man. It's, oh, yeah. It's, I mean, oh, it's killing me the way that works. We're all, I mean, we watch, you know, IG like everybody else does and what looks good and what doesn't. And like that's, we kind of will buy one or two seeds or a pack of seeds. We'll try them here at the house, kind of let it go and then see how it does. You know, if it doesn't produce or it doesn't, doesn't add up to the keepers that we have in our, our, uh, Sorry, my phone just went off. You know, if the testers don't don't perform as well as our keepers do, then they don't ever get brought out there. But if we do something at the house and it's like, holy shit, this this is something, this is fire, then we keep it. Because I mean, yeah, I have 
Cincy Star and a lot of these older things, but they're fire cuts of it. Some of them have been held on to for a few years, you know, because I traded people different stuff. So, I mean, that's, we trade strains with people all the time. So that's always fun too, as far as trading cuts and whatnot. Hi, Anthro. So I got, is that another good uh, question there for you? Are you guys going to be locked in at some point and strains and what you can run? No. No, sky's the limit. Kind of we can do as long as we have to stay within the realm of metric. Um, and metric basically is a seed to sale tracking. Um, so as long as we keep really good records of what we have and where it goes, uh, we can always buy new seeds, buy new strains, bring new things in. We just have to be able to keep record of it so that they know where it came from. So it's not just some fly by night, whatever, or that we're not just bringing in packs from out of state. We're actually, it came from this seed to this plant, to this patient. So more CalMag, always. That's always the answer is more CalMag, always. Hey, Kasky. Sorry, had to do that. It's tradition. <laughs> He's a good dude. Good dude for sure. I've known Koski for a couple years. He is a good dude. I, I have given him shit for a long time, and he takes it very well. It's a good community, too, you know. He is a good guy. I enjoy listening to him. He's, he's quick-witted. Mm -hmm. Mr. Grokoski there. He reminds me of like a, the, it might be partly the accent, but it's some of the delivery too. It's like a little like jerky boy kind of ish. I you know what that. I mean? Yeah, I, I can totally if see you, that. If you, you can totally miss it if you're not listening. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He's got a very subtle, dry sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, what else do we got here for you? Any tips in flowering? I mean, uh, heck, when you're talking about a canopy like that, a flower room like that, hopefully you've got uh, feed. If you're in cocoa, some, feed. Uh, um, if you're in hydro, feed, 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 feed. You cannot overwater in cocoa. You cannot overwater in hydroponics. Feed them bitches five times a day. Don't think you can't, because you can. Um, we watered our home grow plants eight times a day in flower, in three gallon pots. And we were pulling, you know, damn near half pound plants out of three gallon pots. So you can really, really push cocoa like you push hydroponics if you're willing to feed it. But like, I see a lot of people like, oh, I water my cocoa once a day. Yeah, but is it drying out? Because you don't ever want that to dry out. You want your cocoa to stay wet. You know, and every time that you, you water that and that water runs through that cocoa, you're pulling oxygen down through those roots. 
And the more oxygen you get to your roots, the better off your plants are. That's why they put bubblers in hydroponic systems because the more bubbles you get, the more surface agitation you get, the more oxygen exchange you get. I agree with that so, so much. It's nice to hear it got come out of somebody else's mouth though for a change. <laughs> you know, that's my one problem with uh, like these underwatering uh, SIP systems. And I have a SIP system in here, uh, an earth box, and it's doing pretty well. But I, again, I can't, I can't help but think it could be supercharged by like some top watering or, you know, some a stone in that underwater reservoir or something. I just I refuse to believe that it's sucking all the oxygen it needs, you know, from the top down. It just, it, I, 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 I just, I, I agree. With I want to believe, I want to believe, but I just, you know, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. Plants are, you know, side by side. By the way, the plants look nice side by side because I run a chunky cocoa. I mean, the shit, <laughs> the shit uh, is super chunky. It's like a grow it cocoa, and it's it's chips, marble sized chips, super airy, and that's what I love about it. Is that I, you know, every time I know exactly what you're saying. Every time I water, I'm shoving tons of oxygen through there. You can and, hear you know, it. It's, I mean, when you when you water and you hear that that trickling, that that soil sucking all of that water down, that's that's oxygen. Those are those bubbles are oxygen getting to that rhizosphere. That's plants need oxygen just like we do. You know, just like they need carbon dioxide, they also need oxygen. Just like we need carbon dioxide, just not as much. All balancing act. My leaves curl all the time, Buddha boys, because I have way too much heat and not enough humidity. Kind of is what it is. I think a lot of times these plants just learn to adapt to our environment anyway. And you know, and, my and humidity is always on the low side, and I'm not scrambling to fix it either. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like they'll they'll get used to it. They'll just get used. To it. You know, and it's just like if you if you take uh, I'm trying to think of a good good metaphor for this, but like if you take a plant and you put it in hydroponics from a seedling, it's going to to get more accustomed to hydroponics, right? So it's going to do well in hydroponics but if you try to take that that same plant and transplant it into cocoa or soil or whatever that plant will die 90 percent of the time because it is not equipped it is not prepared to be in that environment i guess it'd be like taking like a snake and making it live in the snow you know like they're just not they're not meant to do that but if you have an animal or a plant that's grows up in one particular environment, then like I said, they adapt to that environment and then they're used to it. And the more you run cuts of that plant, I think the more 
the more it kind of gets used to it. I don't know. I don't know how you explain that, but it's like, it's like the, it's like evolution, basically, you know? Everything oh, has to adapt. Everything has to adapt. So if you don't adapt, you're not going to survive, whether you're a plant, an animal, a person, whatever. So how did I feed my recirculating buckets? Um, I had four buckets in a square with a res outside my tent. And I would just do a full water volume change once a week. So that's that's how I did that. And I always had a full gallon, like a full res of RO water. And then I would check my pH and my water levels. And I would just bail it over to make sure I needed it. So. No, I've never, I've actually never grown in a hydroponic system myself. So that's, I've been everywhere but there, to be honest yeah, with I, you. I'm, I've done everything but soil. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Yeah, we had, when I worked at the store, like everybody that would come in asking about hydroponics, they'd be like, Tent, you want to talk to her? You know, and then the same people come in and talk to me like, hey, well, I do, you know, KNF or I do truly organic. It's like, oh, you want to talk to this guy? Come with me. You know, we all kind of had our strong suits and kind of played to each other's, you know, what was best for the customer, I guess. You know, like I can't help you because you don't, I don't do what you do. He does. <laughs> but it's just like I said, you know, if I took and I tried to mimic exactly what you do, Eagle, in my garden, it wouldn't work because our climates are different. You know, and so many people and so many, I think, new new growers especially will get on YouTube or they'll get on Instagram and they'll see these growers that they're impressed with or the people that they're impressed with and they mimic everything that they do. Like, oh, well, he runs this light, so I'm going to get that light. He runs this tent, so I'm going to get that tent. He runs this dehumidifier, so I'm going to run that dehumidifier. Well, you may not need that. You know, you may not, your space may not allow you to use that light. You know, your space may, you may need more airflow than, than that light will allow. Or there's so many little nuanced things to growing that nobody's environment is ever the same. And what works for, there, nothing will work the same for two people. It is so personalized. It's just like, if you and I baked a recipe with the exact same ingredients, they would taste different. They'd be similar, but they would still be different. And, and I think wheat is, or cannabis is very much the same thing. It is, you can almost like, you get some of the person out of the plant. I don't know. Maybe I'm just way too stoned. <laughs> No, I think you're right on board with that. You know, you know, we we can be growing the same strains using the same nutrients and environment will bring out completely different things on on that same strain. Right now, I kind of went a little bit back with uh, Jack on this. Uh, much love and respect, Jack. There, he sent me a uh, J1, a J1 cut from California there. And uh, real piney out there, yeah, out there. 
keyword out there. We got here. This is my second run with it. And uh, granted, I'm seeing a little bit of, uh, seeing a slight bit of pine come out under the HPS. But prior, I've ran it twice under LED back here. And it tastes, and I'm like, pine, this is like a dragon fruit. You know, that's what I got here. And he's like, maybe, you know, maybe you just don't, you're not picking up on the pine or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm picking up fruit. But, you know what oh, I mean? Well. It is. It, environment plays completely, dude. Absolutely. A ton I mean, it's just that. like with grapes. That That's the, the varietal of grape and the region that those grapes are grown is why the, those grapes taste that way. And that's why those regions are famous for certain types of wine. You know, it's, it's going to be the same way with cannabis at some point. It's just the wine industry has been around since fucking forever. I mean, shit, they were making wine back in like fucking Vikings and Romans and shit, right? So they got a little bit of a head start on us as far as like getting everything lined out and accepted. So once we get there, I think we'll be... We'll be all right. I mean, I think that would be my second cash crop right there would be fucking grapes. I was eating one this summer, man. And I'm like, just loving it. I'm pounding these things in my mouth, right? And just one right after another, man. These fucking things are delicious. And I'm thinking, I just bought these by the pound. And I'm thinking, I, I hold one up to the fucking light and I'm thinking, that little dude right there is probably about 80% water. <laughs> I need to be rowing grapes, man, because water by the pound <laughs> is a uh, cash crop, I would think. I mean, <laughs> but uh, for sure, I didn't mean to sidetrack you. On, uh, You're fine. Your argument there about grapes. Yeah, Stoney, I've been watching Vikings here lately, so that's why I thought of that. I've been going back and rewatching the, the seasons of Vikings. I am I don't watch a whole lot of stuff. I binge binge watch only a few things. That's me, I binge watch a lot. Shit. I'll sit and I do a lot of crafts. Like I, I crochet and I can't even see it. Um I have really bad anxiety. That's why I have really bad heartburn right now. So you'll have to excuse me. Um, but I have to like be doing something with my hands almost all the time. Like anyone who's actually watching the stream has probably seen that I'm very animated when I talk. And I, it's just kind of who I am as a person. It is what it is. Um, so I have to be doing something all the time, whether it be pacing back and forth, rocking back and forth crocheting coloring whatever i have to be doing something it's fucking annoying but i'm used to it at this point so so what what has been uh, one of the, your favorite strains that you've ran throughout the years og kush is my favorite it was the first one i ever ran um <laughs> and that is going to be Sunset Mac. Um, 
Sunset Mac just, it tastes good. It's stable. It just, I really just enjoyed it. I've seen it ran literally every different way you could run it. I've seen it ran in RDWC. I've seen it ran in organics. I've seen it ran in light depth. And it just, it doesn't matter where you put it, it performs. It's great smoke. It's fantastic for anxiety. Um, and it'll go purple if you really want it to. So I really like those two. That's actually what a lot of the first run of the commercial grow will be is Sunset. <coughs> will be the Sunset Mac. And it's actually a cap cut of Sunset Mac. So that's cool. It's Mac One Cross with the Sunset Sherbert. Enjoy the Mac. Quick shout out to my daughter Lexi there that popped into chat. What's up, Lexi Lex? Hey, Lexi. <laughs> it's weird being able to shout your, your children out in the cannabis community and shit. Weird, but makes me feel old. I got to tell you, that makes me feel old. And you go, yeah, she's old enough. <laughs> See, my, my son's not old enough to watch the show, so I didn't even tell him about it. So, not that I don't. He knows everything about everything. He's been to the garden. He's helped us leaf strip. He knows how to take clones. So, yeah, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to hide it from him. You know, part of the part of the reason why changes came so fast in the cannabis industry <laughs> is because people like us, our age, are finally old enough to actually bring about change. And our kids who will have seen our parents make changes we'll make even more changes and take it even we'll carry that torch even farther and that's what i want i want my son to be the one that he's like you know what my mom was a grower she helped my grandma with alzheimer's she helped my other grandma with her arthritis she helped herself with anxiety and, and insomnia and she was just a fun mom to be around because she enjoyed a medicinal plant and because of that, I'm going to pick up this torch and I'm going to help more people and I'm going to push awareness farther because I've seen the benefit of it. You know, if you take the stigma away from it and you take the mystique out of it and the mystery out of it, then you, you take all, all of the, I don't want to say fun out of it, but if it's, if it's not mysterious and kids aren't curious about it, then they're not going to fuck with it. If it's just like, oh, it's just weed. My mom smokes weed. Who fucking cares? Then they don't. Then they're not going to be as curious about it. They're they're going to know what it is. But it's when <laughs> you they only see like hushed whispers, or or they only hear hushed whispers, or only see they see you hiding shit as you come as they come in a room. Then they're curious. Then they want to see what it is. You know. They want to check that kind of shit out. And the more you're up front with that, then the, the less bullshit you're going to have to deal with, I think, overall. Maybe that's just me. Oh, no, you're, you're spot on there. You know, and that's the way I raised my kids, too. 
I didn't fucking, you know, hide it. I knew the same thing you were just saying there. Because when I grew up, I was the same way. When they threw it to the side, even though I didn't say, well, what would say you just put up, I always wondered or I tried to pee. Yeah, What's you're a kid, you're up? not going to question what it was. You're just going to be like, or you're not going to out, outwardly question what it was. But in your head, you're like, I'm going to check that drawer when they go to bed. Bet I'm not going to check that couch cushion tomorrow. You know, I did shit like that. Like, I feel like we taught my son about guns and everything. You know, he hunts. He's hell, he's a better shot than I am. You know, but because of what age did you, what age did you teach him, you know, gun safety and how to use a gun? Shit, from the time we gave him a nurse gun. You don't point guns at people. You don't point, you know, if if we're there, you know, and it, at first it was hard with him when he was a little kid, you know, he'd shoot you. But once he got up to be like eight or nine, it was like, mom, can we play? Can we play fight? Can we can we play Nerf gun? And then it was we're playing a game. You can shoot each other at the game. But we also when he was about six we took him out um, and I have pictures of him shooting a, a, a handgun. Now I have a hold of the gun, but he's the one that actually pulled the trigger. Right. But I've got it. I've got him and he fires it a few times and he thought that was cool as hell. But then we took that same, and I told him, I said, okay, you just shot that gun. I said, now watch. And we took that same gun reloaded it and shot a watermelon with it. And he was just like, oh my gosh. And it's like, do you see? Like, yes, they're fun. Yes, they're interesting. They're damaging. And and I think being able to see that, okay, it's it's not a to- it's not a toy, it's a tool really changed things for him. And and being a hunter, like he he deer hunts hell, he got a, a nice 10 point this year. You know, so he he just he knows because he's been around it and, and it's just you know keep your booger hook off the bang bang switch don't point stuff you don't don't point a gun you don't stuff you don't want destroyed <laughs> you know just little stuff like that that it was like it's just teaching them common sense about certain things you know i guess what we consider as adults common sense you know, like you and I know, I'm not going to, even if it's a BB gun, I'm not going to point it at your face because that's stupid. But kids don't think that way. But if you show a kid what consequences can be for that, then I think it, I think awareness changes. Absolutely, we just question everything. And there's no stupid questions period. I tell my son that all the time. Like, I don't care if you ask me the same question 15 times. If that's what it takes for you to learn it, then that's what it takes. Like, but ask me whatever. Stupid not to question. Moreover. Stupid mm-hmm. not to question. Uh, about ready to take Three minute warning. Jab. I don't know why. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll wait. I'll get the, the puff go out, I guess. 
take one myself. Last time we shouted out the four-minute warning, and then we blew right by it. I know. I, <laughs> man, I talk. I'm, I'm a talker. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point of the show. <laughs> it would be pretty... I was so nervous about what I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And I'm like, bitch, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. You build your kid a custom it, AR? Hell yeah. That's what my son uh, hunts with is an, is an AR. But you can hunt with those in Oklahoma with a five-round magazine, just not so, the extended magazines. Doesn't take 50 shots to take out a deer? It would probably take me 50 shots to take out a deer. But my son does it in like one. So I'm I'm not a very good shot. I was raised around guns, but I'm just not a real good shot. Should we give him the dab song? What's the dab song? You don't know what the dab song is? I guess not. I guess I've never heard the dab song. Uh, we'll give it to him then. Dab song is like, have you ever watched uh, uh, EO, Tanazi and them guys? Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got the, they've got the dab bell. Well, I couldn't outright just take the dab bell. So, you know, through the journey of the show there, we've decided to come up with uh, a dad song. And it used to be um, the offspring. Turn this down. It used to be the offspring. Um, intermission is this same thing, basically. And uh, it was 60 seconds, and it was perfect for a dad. And then I started getting copyrights from them, so I found this version. This version's much better anyway. It's perfect for the heat up, take your dab, cough, cough, say hello to everybody, done. That is hilarious. It's funny because I actually get requests for the links for this song so they can dab along at home. <laughs> used to call this intermission. You know what? Even funnier is <laughs> this is so close <laughs> to the offspring. <clears throat> the offspring still gives me copyrights every so often, trying to claim the song. And all you have to do is throw in a ooh or ah, because that's how they had in their song over top of it. They they think it's their song. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. All right. It's only midway too. It gets all horny. They well, they put in the horns, takes off, but it's a good song. It's a good dab song. Yes, that's funny. See, I I honestly figured it was gonna be like do a dab do 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 a dab do 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 a dab. That would be a good one. That would be a good one. 
I gotta remember to uh, try to close out this uh, <laughs> the show. <coughs> Excuse me, um, T1 Productions. Man, I'm on fucking top chat. Sent me a, a song he had made up for the show today. And I was cracking up. But I got to play that sometime tonight at the end of the show. Maybe start the, the rabbit hole with it. But it's fun. This this whole thing's been a fun ride. People that make up now. Kazoo made up some drawings today of, you know, like me and Smiley and I grew some, drawing up some shit for the show. It's really fucking, really cool to see some of the shit people want to throw in on the show. Um, for the show, I should say. But uh, pretty neat stuff, for sure. It's cool. <coughs> so, if I remember right, uh, you make edibles too, right? I do. That is, yeah. I think edibles... And topicals are the easiest way to get people on the THC CBD bandwagon. Um, a lot of times, smoking smelling like like weed has a real negative connotation still. Um, but if you can give grandma a bottle of lotion, it's like, hey, try this. It, it, you're not going to get high or anything like that. Just try it. You know, the topicals are a real good way to get into that. Um, and once they see that they it doesn't hurt anymore, like it takes their pain away, but they don't feel like druggy or anything like that, they're a lot more receptive. Um, <laughs> the edibles, I think, when dosed correctly, can have very similar effects. Um, people are cool with taking, you know, eating a half a cookie or a eating a cookie and a glass of milk before they go to bed or, you know, eating a gummy vitamin or something like that. So adding like a cannabis edible into that isn't a huge stretch for a lot of people anymore. And I think by starting there, then you get a lot more acceptance into people who use vape carts, who do dabs, who walk around and smoke joints all day, like cigarettes, like I do. So, I mean, it's, from my experience, the edibles have been the easiest gateway to get people on board. So I really try to make tasty edibles that are dosed correctly and, and make sure that people get the proper dose. Because so many times, I mean, like when I worked at a dispensary in Oklahoma City, you would see new patients come in and they're like, well, I, I don't really know what I want. I've never really smoked before. So they, they'll buy an edible and they'll buy like a bag of gummies or a candy bar, right? Well, everybody goes home and eats that bag of gummies or eats that candy bar because they think it's just like any other candy bar or bag of gummies they're buying when it's not. It's more like the, you know, the, the vitamin gummies or the X-Lax chocolates for a lack of better description. You know, it's it's a medicinal product and people too often don't approach it that way. And when you the easiest way to, to flip those naysayers is to show the medicinal benefits. And I think that's just a really easy way. So 
because it's, it's easy to start slow on edibles. You know, you can make really low dose stuff for some people and be like, Hey, if like, 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 those are your, like I made checks mix the other day. I don't know if you can even see that. There, there we go. I made checks mix the other day and it's all medicated. But there's probably, I honestly didn't do the math on this because it's just for me. <clears throat> um, but there's three sticks of infused butter in here. So it hits pretty hard. But I wouldn't give that to my mom. You know, I would give my mom the stuff that I've made with concentrates that I can get my doses down to five milligrams per piece. And be like, look, eat one of these before bed or eat two of these before bed. So see, I hope my kids have the opposite mindset on that. I want to I hope they go, man, this got me fucked up. I need to give this to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope they're not taking me the other way like that. I hope they're not doing me like that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, tinctures is a really good way to do fast acting edibles to get like the, the edible effect. Um, because it is being an alcohol and a liquid, it does tend to hit you a little faster than something that you actually have to digest. I just saw they're talking about diluted oil into ethanol. You can just make straight tinctures out of alcohol. I can't personally take those because I can't take any alcohol. Uh, I cannot have any body or any alcohol in my body whatsoever. Um, that's why I typically do the sugars or I do uh, the butters, oils, stuff like that. I don't, I don't typically do straight tinctures. Yeah, I do a lot of butters. Which one do you think you prefer there, butter or like the oils? Which it really depends, man. I, I think coconut's probably, coconut I think has a longer storage capabilities. But I don't love the flavor of coconut oil. There's That's some things that there's some things that butter just makes better. You know, like you can't really make if you have infused butter and you know how to bake, you can make infused biscuits if you want to. You know, but if you use that coconut oil, it's not going to react the same way as butter would because it's not the same thing. So it's being able to like diversify your edibles and what you infuse and what you use kind of kind of dictates I guess like for me I make a lot of candy like I like to make candies like gummies hard candy suckers so I infuse a lot of sugars but I can also make brownies cakes cupcakes cookies Anything that requires regular, you know, regular sugar, I can use infused sugar for. So for me, that just goes a little further. <laughs> but if I know that I'm going to make more savory snacks like the Chex Mix that I made, then when I'm 
going to decarb stuff, I'll, I'll make it in butter. It just really depends on what I planned ahead, I guess. You know, like if I, if I, because like, you know, the butter can spoil, the oil can go bad. I don't want to, I don't want to have it sit in my fridge forever. I would rather have it made within a day or two and then know I'm going to make this, this, or this, and then narrow it down that day. So. So, um, which has the longest storage method there? I mean, how long does butter keep and how long, what does an oil keep for? Um, as long as you keep oil in the fridge, I think it lasts a lot longer. I don't know exactly what the, how long it lasts. Um, because I've never really kept one long enough for it to spoil. You know, I, I always use everything yeah. super fast, but I make edibles I for five or six different people. You know, um, actually, Grose, I saw Grose in chat. Um, yeah, he's saying right now, coconut oil has the longest storage. And absolutely, I 100% I agree with that. Um, a tip about coconut oil, use the refined coconut oil, not the virgin. The refined has less of that coconut taste. Um, but if you do only have virgin coconut oil, add just a pinch of baking soda to your coconut oil and whip that shit with like a whisk, like butter, just mix the shit out of it. That baking soda will then take that coconutty taste out of it. It's weird, but it works. But don't put too much or else you'll get that like a weird texture and a weird taste to it. You'd want just, just a little bit. Pro tip there. Thank you for that. I say pro tip. So how, so how important would you say it is to decarboxylate uh, your material before you start making edibles? I mean, a lot of times when you're making, you know, butter, you're warming it up for a good long period of time anyway. So why go through the process of a lot of know, it doing it prior? I think a lot of it's going to depend on what <clears throat> what method one what method you're using and two what you're you're infusing your butter with. Um, if you're using concentrate, you want all of that concentrate to be fully decarbed, and that takes longer than you would want the butter to be on heat for. You know, you could end up like browning your butter, which wouldn't be bad. It would taste good but it may not work for all the recipes you're wanting to use it for. Um, that's in like, I mean, like if you use alcohol with flour, you're gonna get more, like more of a green liquid because you're going to be leaching more chlorophyll versus like when I did that, my, my sugar video the other day, it turns out more yellowy brown because I use concentrate. So it really just depends on what you're using and what is being extracted from it because different, uh, who was it? GMF and I were talking about this the other day that you can decarboxylize things to certain points and, and extract the exact cannabinoid that you want. Um, so like 
if you cook something and, and he will correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure, because I won't get any, anywhere near correct, near as accurate as he is. Um, but if you cook something for, you know, if you want CBN, cook something for this long at this temperature. If you want THCA, you cook it for this long at this temperature. And it just kind of depends. And you know, like I said, sometimes things, if you're using butter, butter can brown, it can burn. Um, it can just not give you the, the end results that you want. I personally think it's easier to decarb anything first, um, whether it be like keef. Um, I've decarbed keef in an oven before. Said so I really like to cook with uh, concentrates. Um, God damn, I'm fucking still. Um, but I fucking forgot what to say again. Um. God damn it. Yeah, it's gone. Totally gone. You're muted again. My bad. We were talking about decarboxylating uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I've decarbed flour, I've decarbed keef, I've decarbed you know, concentrate, and I think you get the best flavor out of using decarbed concentrate. <laughs> Personally. Um, just because you don't get that weedy, herby flavors. You know, you do get a little bit of a taste, but you don't have that, like, heavy, like, like you're eating a chunk of weed. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hate that. I hate when I go to eat an edible and it tastes like I'm taking a bong rip. Like, I don't want that shit to taste that way. You know, I don't mind having a little bit of a medicinal taste, but I want it to be delicious. I want it to be good. I want you to want to eat more of my edibles. So, and I just have had so, more, more luck doing the concentrate route. I like the way he said to CB, uh, CBN is over decarbed. You know, but, you know, if you actually had that recipe there, you know, I have some CBN, and that shit's fucking amazing for pain. You yeah, know I think there's certain so things that, that absolutely... If you've you got would, body pains or something like that, that may be where you want to be at. I'm sorry. I can hear you talking in my background. You're fine. I was agreeing with you. Absolutely. You know, there are certain times that, that you know, you want that CBN versus that stony effect you want that couch lock body relaxation you know it's just it's all in what what you need what your patients need so if it don't taste like chronic i messed it up see i just don't like the, i don't like i don't like weed to taste like or chocolate to taste like weed oh uh, i do you know to an extent to an, an extent. Right. Now, and that's, you know, I don't know. I like cook. I do like the taste of cannabis. I, you know, a lingering taste of I mean, it. I, I don't, don't like mind it, it, but I don't, 
it's not my favorite. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to make chocolate chip cookies and for you to think, ooh, chocolate chip weed cookies. You know, I want you to be like, oh, wow, this is a really good cookie. Oh, wow, it's medicated, too. You know? Somebody got me not so long ago with a, a brownie. And now, bless her heart, I mean, nicknamed Brownie, too. Known for the brownie. So I figured, you know, this is going to be good. Yeah. Can be fucking amazing brownie, and but I didn't. I never even thought about it. I, they, I was there selling seeds, and they're like, "You want some?" That hear the story of you know brownie and everything. I'm like, how, how could I not want you know some of these brownies and shit? Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, today, you know, way we make edibles and shit. I'm like, oh yeah, these are gonna be good. I know sooner, like pulled out of the driveway, and I was all up in the brownie. You know what I mean? Just hoping for that good edible buzz and shit. I get driving down the road and I have got fucking cannabis wedged between my fucking teeth like fucking big time, man. I just... It's true like 1950, 60s weed brownies. Every bit of fucking bud still in there and shit. I got to the corner, man. It was it was in every orifice of my teeth. I felt like I fucking just ate a whole fucking meal. Oh, it was like, oh yeah. It it did have a good ride to it, that's for sure. But I I never expected it in this day and age, you know, to actually have fibrous cannabis in in the edible. There, I was like. Oh, I was totally blindsided by it. I was glad I was going home, to tell you the truth, man. I was so glad my next stop was home because I could just feel it. I was just begging for a toothpick, man. It was everywhere. Oh, my I was like, oh, this is I, I've made totally that. bad. I've had that happen back, you know, back in the day before I, before I knew better and did better. I would just throw like tray trash and shit up for brickweed into butter and let it simmer all day and shit would be green and taste like you're licking a bong. It was fucking awful. <laughs> I made my roommate a cake once and it was like a pound cake. So you use a fuck ton of butter in it and there was so much weed butter it turned the fucking uh, the cake green. Yeah, it was. It's funny. It was horrible, and then yeah, I remember like trying to squeeze out the the coffee filter to get all that goodness out of there, and then the coffee filter breaks, and yeah, you get fucking weed on everything. And, yeah. My first well, I started giggling there because my first like true true good edible experience was fucking making butter like that it was such a double whammy such a double whammy again keep this in mind this was home use you know what i mean i mean this probably sounds bad for like if you're thinking about it on a commercial scale or whatever but so i make my butter and i'm cheese i'm uh straining it through the cheesecloth at that time that was the yeah, best yeah. method i could find oh yeah that works great 
And uh, I've actually found something that works better, though. It's a jelly strainer. Jelly strainers work so much better. Uh, but uh, so I'm like straining out the, the cheese cheesecloth. The ball is a ball. And I'm not even thinking about it. I'm not wearing any gloves. You know, it's still hot as shit. I'm probably burning myself with the fucking ball anyway. And I don't even think about it. I'm just like putting everything I got into it. Just uh, not want, waste not want, not basically just uh, giving it everything I got. I know there's shit in there. And it's like coming between my fingers and it's rolling down my arms. And I'm not even thinking what's happening next. But it's it's obviously seeping into my skin. And I had made it strong, super strong. <laughs> So I'm already on the ride. I'm starting the ride as it goes. And then fucking, so I get the butter made and I'm like, kind of like you were thinking, I'm going to work. I got butter. You know what I mean? So I make a batch of cookies. (coughs) I make a batch of cookies and I throw in some mint chips with it. Mint covers. Mint chips. Yes. Mint and weed and chocolate. Oh, that tastes so good. Yes. That, mm. Part two of my downfall. Part two <laughs> of my downfall. So I make I make these cookies and they're like fresh out of the oven. And I'm like, I've won. And I'm like, oh, these are so good. They tasted like like thin Girl Scout thin mint cookies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, these are so good. And I'm like, power eating i'm like you know just like any stoner would hell handful i get into it and i'm like oh no man it's the last last one in the handful is gone i'm like what have i done and i'm already starting to feel you know the butter as it is and man i smoked one and it started like really like i could feel everything just kind of slowing down and then I got, I, I fucking smoked that joint, passed out for like a couple of hours. And I woke up and I was still just high as fuck, man. Yeah. I got out of bed. I felt like my head wasn't even attached. Like I was just kind of like looking down on myself. I had like a 45 minute, I don't know what the fuck I was laughing at. I do kind of, and I don't, fuck laugh session in the shower. It was so fucking so loud i was having such a good time in there my kids are like i'm upstairs and they're like come beating on the fucking door wall they're like what the fuck man i can't even like put it into words really and fucking they're just like ah dad's dad's out of there (laughs) but yeah it was it was uh quite quite a ride it lasted for like four or five hours i mean i wish i could really figure out the the milligrams of that ride but man the funniest shit i've ever seen uh my mother-in-law um who who now has uh stage five alzheimer's back when she was like stage two stage three um she was living with hubs and i and we were giving her rso every day well she likes to get high. Like, she's always liked to get high. Um, she smoked weed when she was younger, you know, like, she, she's an old biker chick, like, Becky's cool as shit. Um, well, I come home from work one evening, and she is, like, like, 
leaned over, fucked up, and I'm like, what the fuck? But what did you get into? <laughs> so I call my husband who's traveling for work, and I'm like, where's your mom's fire bills? Like, I, I'm just convinced that she has, she's on some, some like fucking, uh, some kind of pain pill or something, right? And then she's fucked up all evening. She's got the munchies and shit. I go to get the RSO to give her her dose for the evening. And she has eaten three quarters of a tube of RSO. She was high for three fucking days. Because <laughs> at first I was kind of pissed. I was like, why is she hiding pills? Why is she doing this? And then I saw that I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I laughed so hard. Sure, at that kind of level. So I'm sure you're like seeing yeah. things possibly at that kind of level of our I, I wanted to be as high as she was. Wanted to. I mean, because she for, she woke up the next day and was just like, morning. I'm like, how are you? I'm good. I bet you are. <laughs> I bet you are. So, yeah, it's I mean, funny how fine. we all look at that that stage and you'll be like don't sound that bad i'm like the reefer madness videos to me i you know those were supposed to scare but to me i've always went man i, I wish i could that? find some fucking reefer madness man. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> wish <laughs> I just want to smoke some once. I, I want to <laughs> get as like high. pretty good time. I want to get as high as I used to back in like my freshman year of college when I was sitting in my dorm room rolling shitty, shitty joints on a psychology book with the giggles. You know what I mean? We're just like, didn't matter what you did. Everything was funny. Everybody was hilarious. You know, like I want that. I want to be that high again. But I, it takes a lot. The kids there. That's my unicorn right there. As soon as I find that fucking laughy strain like that, yes. that's the one I'm keeping. Because I like to laugh anyway. I don't fucking, as far as entertainment goes, I like a suspenseful like type movie or whatever. I'm big on gore. I can watch some stupid fucking comedy. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't need slapstick. Give me a joint in the Will Ferrell, like stoner's kind of comedy. Hell yeah, I'm I'm there. I like to laugh. Yeah, yeah my some uh, my friends in college, like I said, a lot of them are drama kids, you know. And uh, one of them, he's actually my best friend. He uh, he used to do impressions, so we would get all fucked up and all stoned, and he would start talking like Sean Connery. Or, you know, just different celebrities out of fucking nowhere. And, you you know, you'd be, like, sitting there smoking a joint. And you'd be like, hey, best one, would you? I mean, I can't do it, obviously. But you would just be like, what? It was just fucking hilarious. You know, we would all just be rolling. But, yeah, I, I can't get that high anymore. It sucks. I miss it. I get that high. I still get that high. Oh, God. I, I wish I could. I still get that high. And, and Lexi, if, if Lexi's in chat, she could probably vouch for this, but 
there's many a times where I I absolutely love to fuck with fast food people. I love, I mean, I will pull up to a fucking McDonald's speaker and all of a sudden become just as country as fucking, you don't even know. Fucking put on a fucking English accent and shit. Just fucking, the kids don't even see it coming half the time. They're like, where the fuck did that come from? I'll be like, I don't know. Because <laughs> I get it from them half the time. I mean, how many times have you pulled up to McDonald's or whatever and then they, you hear a, a certain voice, hello, welcome to McDonald's. You want to try such and such? And then you spiel out, you know, your order. And then they're like, is that all? It's like two different voices. You're like, yeah. So I, I take, that's the play I take off on that. I'll fucking <laughs> order like in one voice. And then I pull around and I'm like, hey. <laughs> they're like. <laughs> that's funny. See, anymore I'm, I'm so sick of the fucking pull ahead i actually fucking brought i have like a little jar you make me pull ahead anymore for a cup of coffee and i am going fucking cheech and chong in your ass in the fucking next window <laughs> i am gonna hot box my ride <laughs> you are getting high as shit when you hand me that coffee see and i i forget because i'm so well, I guess so entrenched in the cannabis community, especially when I was in Oklahoma City and I worked at the grocery store. All my friends were growers. <coughs> I would go to this little cigarette store across the street. I'd get off work, I'd hop in my car, I'd spark a joint. Not think anything about it. And then I'd pull up to get cigarettes and this girl's like, damn, it's like loud as fuck in this whole store thanks to you. And I'm like, oh, my bad. Let me put this out real quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I totally forget. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm that. Been, I'm that girl. I've been called out at the post office, one of the places you don't want to be called out at, too. And I totally, I think I, for me, I think I played it off well, to be honest with you. Because, you know, I fucking, I'm, I'm mailing out seeds, too. And I'm like, hand over a nice set of packages and get across the counters like looking them over and she looks up smell good <laughs> I don't even think nothing of it and uh, she, so she says it again and I'm like oh oh yeah I'm like She's like, there's not anything in there. Is there that shouldn't be? I'm like, oh, no. Oh, cool. I feel I, I instantly claim my fucking recreational defense and shit. I'm like, oh, no. Then we're on the table before I came here. I just blew a couple of joints before I left. And actually, I just fucking, they were brown. They were around. There's, there's nothing in there. It's not fucking just my bad. It's just like, okay. She like throws it in there. She's like, then she kind of gives me the, I can't wait to start smoking when I'm done you know, working here at the post office. Me and my husband are definitely thinking about growing. I'm thinking, it's funny. It's funny. You smoke weed. You know. You <laughs> yeah, that always cracked me up. Like, working at the grow you know at the grocery store all the people would come in and they'd be like you'd see them like putting their shit out in the parking lot before they come in and then they're like 
oh shit, it smells like weed in here. Is that like, because we would do dabs in my office. So it always smelled like dabs in the store. And quiet, Panzer, my my boss would do bong rips in the server room. So it, it always smelled like weed in the store. Um, so people would walk in and they'd be, be like, Like, no, that's us. <laughs> that's that's us. That's not you. If you're fine, come on in. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. That sounds like a pretty good growth store right there. I know a couple are like that. I that was, the back and They've totally got a dab rig going. And I'm like, this is, that this was is a cool day at work job, right here. Dude. It was so fun. Half like, of them blasted. <laughs> one day I was sitting in my office. <laughs> And uh, it was me and one of the, excuse me, because I was the assistant manager and then there was one of the, like the floor, floor clerks or, you know, sales clerks or whatever. And we were sitting in my office and I'm like, you know, I have my torch out, you know, like we're torching this fucking rig up and my door opens and it's the owner of the company. And I'm like, hi he goes hey where's so-and-so and i'm like oh server room he goes all right cool enjoy your job and shut the door didn't say a fucking word it's just like nice. oh my god yeah is that what it was he flat out like on one of his podcasts he said that um he wants his employees to be as high as they possibly can and still do their job like this is the best job we got free weed all the time like growers would bring us in samples home growers would you know you'd help them get their stuff going and when they'd harvest they'd bring you little nugs or people would bring us grams of concentrate and shit it was so fun you know it was it was just such a different environment it it was so free it was so nice to not be not have to hide the fact that I was a cannabis smoker, like they totally embraced it. It was just, it was super fun. I, I love that job. If it wouldn't have been for my family wanting to start the commercial grow, I would have never left that job. No. That sounds like a pretty fucking cool place to work. But shout out oh. to your family for pulling you along for that commercial grow. Yeah, there. I, I tell them all the time. I'm like, me, I don't know. I loved my job. It was cool. Everybody was super neat. Yeah, it was. You fun. know, I just I like the idea. What I like about what you guys got going on there is the opportunity to make it a uh, a family business. Like, you, know, you guys are already working on, but multi generational. That's the thing I love about this. Is you know, yeah, and that's that's the goal. And that's honestly that's that's been all of our goal from the beginning. And that's why I hurt my son so much when I'm in my garden. It's like, look, I don't care if you don't enjoy this because when you're off in college and you're 18, 21, whatever, and you're struggling, you can learn, you know, this is a skill. This is a skill that will help provide for you. Whether you want to do it for the rest of your life, you don't have to, but it will pay your bills until you get to where you're doing what you want to do. Like I'm setting you up for your future. You just don't realize it yet. And 
you know, I mean, he's 13. He bitches. It's like, I don't want to do this shit. Well, I, I don't want to do this shit either, kid. But it's fucking, it's how we pay for the fucking electricity. So fuck up. Let's do it. You know. Well, it's fun. Yeah, Working with your kids is cool. It's another bonding experience, too. You know what I mean? That's get a chance to find out what's going on in their life. Talk about, you know, yeah. the value of the dinner table time. That garden time, I think, would be 100, 100% better than dinner time. It's way more fun. And he, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Tater just said, teach him where your food comes from. You know, we're, like I said, I live in a very small town. We're in a very rural community. We raise livestock. We have, my son has show animals um, as part of his 4-H and FFA projects. So like he understands the food chain. Like he understands that what you put into those uh, those animals as far as food and the quality of food that they get is how they're going to end up. You know, he, he has worked with enough animals to see that. And I, I, tr- I try to translate the same thing. Like it's it's the same thing. What you feed to your plants and how how easily available it is for those plants to eat and not have to work for the nutrition that they need, the better results you're going to get. Having that you dilemma, your kid comes to your garden. I would show them, you know, Sean, personally. I, I would show them. I agree. You know, that does take us back to the, where we were earlier. The only downside to what what we were talking about earlier with the exposing the kids is, you know, I actually would try to sneak in, like, lessons that were against what they were being taught at school. You know, at school, they were like, oh, this is the devil. You'll never. I'd be always trying to put in facts that, you know, went against that. But you have to, at the same time, you have to go, okay, this is real, but careful. Because it's, you know, it isn't them kids that, because they do try to trick your kids into saying something. But it's it's not the necessarily the kid that, uh, you know, are showing some signs of cannabis at home. It's the kid that goes, no, all the CBD has a bunch of good uses and... <laughs> All of a sudden, That's you know, kid. is teaching class. <laughs> That's, <my kid. laughs> That's the one they're going. Oh. Yeah, when we got... it's like okay, just take it in and kind of try to be quiet about what you know there. But <laughs> we uh, we got a message from a teacher that he was informing everybody the difference between THC and CBD one day. It was like, look. <laughs> I love you, and I'm proud of you for educating your friends. Time and place, kid, time and place. <laughs> like, let's not do that in class. Recess, lunchtime, after school, not in class. You know, like, but he can, you know, like, we, and he'll tell you. He'd be like, I saw it on Drugs, Inc. You didn't teach me that. <laughs> okay, you Let know. It go. I've had it go a little other ways, too. I mean, unfortunately, uh, the bad filter days. Unfortunately, you do not want to know your filters need to be changed when your kids 
get to school and they've been uh, locked. Their locker's been checked because something's been smelled like weed. And unfortunately, that happened to my youngest, uh, was it this year? That's funny. Courtney doesn't even smoke. I mean, I know for a fact there's, it's not even on the radar with Courtney. You know what I mean? Not even, not even on the radar. And, uh, but they, they did search her locker this year because it smelled like cannabis. And, uh, she was so fucking mad at me. So mad at me. And I'm like, and I was mad in a sense. I was mad because I'm like, she's like, well, they searched my locker because it smelled, there was somebody's locker smelled like cannabis in the vicinity. And I'm like, I you, were you the only one fucking checked? And she was. They fucking, she was the only locker they checked. I said, they should have oh, checked I'd have been like, no, 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 you're not going to single my kid out because of what I do. <laughs> and I, I run said, they find anything? I haven't she had any issues. Did she get mad at you for that? Yo, fuck yeah, she did. Of course not. What do you fucking think? This is your fault. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get filters today. Oh, <laughs> I would, I probably would have. I probably went. I would have went to the school and been like, fair enough. But you are not going to single out my kid because what I do. You know, and that's that's one thing that we have to deal with here is uh, that there is a lot of stigma in the town I live in. You know, there there are people that that still have that connotation that, oh, your mom's just a druggy piece of shit. And he's like, no, she's not. But he still has to hear that from certain people. You know, he still has to hear that, oh, your mom's a drug dealer. No, my mom's a farmer. You know? And people just where we where we live, they just don't grow it, or they just don't get it yet. But they will. But I'm I'm sure once we're full up and growing, and we've got, you know, five thousand plants, I guarantee you he's going to get caught at school, you know, and and stopped, but just because he's going to be around it, because how we live on the farm, you know, we're here twenty four seven. Like you can't get away from the smell. You can't. There's five thousand plants. Like you can't get away from the smell at that point. You know. Oh, I can believe that. I don't have five thousand plants, and I can tell you right now, there's times a day like between you know, because I run two different cycles, a day and night cycle, to ease up on the power a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's two times a day where you know tents are opened and fucking tents are closed, and it's just like. Wow. <laughs> There's times where I question my filters, but usually it's sucked up really quick. But then there's times where I, you know, I go up into the house and I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe it is kicking in here, you know. I wonder how the whole setup at some point, but you know, for the most part it, it works, but there's there's times strains certain strains that can outdo a filter. That's oh, absolutely. Sure. I've had <coughs> I've had strains of like, okay, what died? What crawled under this house and fucking died? And it's like, oh no, it's just that. It's the weed. Never mind. Okay. I think it was the caveman grows that was on the other night. He was saying that 
one of the first grows out there where he's at. He was like growing like a skunky strain, you know, or that's what it, the neighbors perceived it to be. Right. And they kept, you know, can you, there's gotta be a skunk. I, I was like, I would totally be playing that shit out. I, I would, I was like, man, I would have traps all around my yard. Fuck yeah. I'd be fucking. I'd have been like, man, them little bastards live under my house. It's a struggle. <laughs> my dogs, they get sprayed every day. Them little bricks. And <laughs> tear up my own garbage and shit in the middle of the night. Be like, yeah, they got me again. Them little son of bitches. <laughs> Outside smoking a joint, throwing your own trash on. <laughs> yeah, skunky smelling weed and shit, just ripping it all up. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny as hell. <laughs> that would be some shit I would do. Uh, I would totally play along. Yeah, that's. Uh, I actually fucking. My other defense that I have here is, uh, you know, I pipe it out the top of the, the roof. You know, everything goes throughout the mm-hmm. system and then it goes out, you know, the roof area. And it's on a nice size pipe anyway. So I, my thought on being that is hopefully by the time it's that high up in the air, a breeze has caught it. and Somebody else down the road's taking the heat for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> About a quarter mile down the road. Everybody least, thinks it's him and shit. <laughs> this shit disperses a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, All little tricks help. So what are some of the, your favorite edibles to make? I guess we never kind of went. We, oh, you know, butter, oil, but what are some of your favorite uh, finished products that, uh, that um, you I like? I make a lot of cookies. Um, I make a lot of, I'm trying to make caramels. But I keep struggling with those. I'm struggling with gummies too. Um, probably like my most successful thing is the cookies. But I just like to make candy. I just like to bake. Any of that kind of stuff is just fun. So if I think I can medicate it, I'm gonna try. Like I'm gonna try to make some medicated bread here before long. I just gotta find a recipe for it. So is that an aspect you guys have already, you know, decided to think about? I mean, with when you're on that type of scale, <clears throat> yes, you got yeah. loads of shit you got to take care of. I mean, you better be thinking about some kind of byproducts, some extracts, edibles. Exactly. I mean, that's- um, you have to have a processor's license in Oklahoma to do that. Um, anything basically anything after harvest, um, anything other than, than bud sales has to have a processor's license. <laughs> so if you're changing this, the structure of the bud whatsoever, you have to have a processor's license, whether it's topicals, concentrates, pre-rolls, any, any of that kind of shit. So, but that's another you know, another license fee, That's you know, a background bummer. check and all that fun stuff. So That's a bummer there. You should that should be somewhat included, you would figure. Maybe not. I mean, come on, they know you gotta do something with this shit. There's a lot of places that will just that are just processors 
and they will buy flour from wherever and then they sell their own uh, like their own brand of concentrates so a lot of that goes on um, there's a lot of pre-roll companies in Oklahoma too like to, they'll just buy their own weed or buy people's weed and make pre-rolls out of them and sell them so <laughs> if you want to do anything other than grow, you almost have to get a processor's license. So um, we're just, if you want to do edibles, then you have to also be certified by the health department. Um, so there are a few more hoops you have to jump through for the edibles. Um, but if you want to do pre-rolls, topicals, that kind of stuff, it's not that hard. Shatter, um, anything, any kind of pressing you want to do. So. Sungrown oh, seven said, uh, "Hit him up if you'd like to learn his recipe and gummies." There. Oh, absolutely, but, uh, I will for sure, because I've been struggling with gummies for years. Because I want to make like a candied gummy. Like I don't want to use gelatin, like not gelatin, but like Jello. I think I don't know. I want to be able to make it from scratch. Like I make cookies from scratch. Like I make cake from scratch. I want to make brittle from scratch. You know, I can do all of those things. I want to be able to make gummies from scratch. So, 100% you are your own biggest critic. Yes, I'm a huge critic of myself. <clears throat> oh, shit. So that that is a little bit of a bummer, though, on the extract market. But at least, are you able to uh, to get rid of, you know, your extras there and make it be worth it? I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard of pounds of trim going for three or four hundred dollars. So, I mean, and that's better and, than nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and. The way that the, the metric system works is you have to, like I said, you track everything seed to sale. So, uh, um, like when you harvest, you, like you weigh your plant, and then when you harvest, you weigh your buds. Well, you still have to track all of that waste and let them know, you know, how much waste you actually have because you have to dispose of that properly according to the state. So there are different like waste disposal places. We're luckily big enough out in the county that we can compost our own. So we don't have to pay for that expense. Um, like a lot of the growers in Oklahoma city that I know do. So. So what's, is there like a discrepancy allowance there at all? No, just as long as you... I mean, how's that work? Because, I, I, I mean, there's obviously some loss along the way. You know what I mean? You can't take a fucking plant and fucking, okay, I've got X amount of grams right now. Even fully dry, you know what I mean? Taking water weight out of the process. Just the process of you know moving things around, it being brittle, losing a couple grams of, you know, oh, shake, I basically what you call it. I mean, even like running it through the trimmer and you collected all the fucking the shake and you dump that out into a bag, you still, you know, probably have 
half ounce of you know keef in the bag there you know what i mean you have to, you have to weigh and account for all of that and anything that that isn't accounted for weight wise has to be explained like it it's just like you said we you know if you have if you have well, i think you have to do like a wet wet a wet weight of your plant when you harvest so obviously there's going to be a huge loss between a wet weight and a dry weight of a plant after it's trimmed so your explanation is just wet you know hung wet plant water evaporation i mean that's it, it kind of is what it is it, but as long as you're not fucking around too much they don't really say a whole lot to you so that's kind of cool Like, I don't know anyone that's been fucked for that reason yet. I'll put it that way. Uh, like I said, there has to be, you know, some kind of allowance there. They can't be that stringent. They're just, it can't be. Right. I mean, as long as you're within a little bit and it's not like huge discrepancies, like, oh, you're missing pounds. Well, where did those go? You know, like, oh, okay, you're, you're missing a half ounce. Well, like working at the dispensary if we drop something on the counter we can't sell it so you would just scrape it into a thing and or whatever you know and just you would have to account oh, for the waste weight you know so huh. and yeah, i guess we'll uh, burn that bridge when i get to it eventually i guess Again, you know, hats off to you guys for being cowboys in the in a new industry like that. It's oh, yeah, you know. it's a little overwhelming. I mean, we're not the first grow in the county. There's three other grows that were here before us, um, but they're away from us. Like we're <laughs> we're the only ones that are right near town. We're the only ones that are trying to get in, like put a dispensary into town. Um, there's not a dispensary around here for 40 miles. So like the closest one is 40. The next one is 60. After that, it's 80 or 90 the other way. Um, so the fact that there's not a dispensary in this county, I think is bullshit. So I'm just trying to fight that with the city and we'll get it eventually. It's just going to take a minute. But It's one of those things though, man. You know, here you fight for you and yours, and you know, then next thing you know, you got ten people on top of you that you paid paved the way for. Now you yeah, got to fight against. Probably, but hopefully by then we'll have everything dialed in, and they'll still be struggling. So I don't know. Like I said, there's room for everybody. Oh, I believe so too. I believe that too. I mean, we've been up running here in Michigan for a while now. We're still hitting dry periods, man. Last year, this last year, even I don't know if it was because of COVID or what, but I was I was seriously uh, expecting a way way tons of overages this year. Tons of overages. I didn't figure anybody would come fall. I figured everybody would be sitting on all kinds of it, but man, <laughs> that shit came and went just as fast as you could fucking burn it. <laughs> burn it. 
this year and I, you know, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Cause everybody I know, like I said, here in Michigan, every household was able to have 12. So you wouldn't believe the number of grandpas, grandmas, uncles that suddenly randomly had plants going in behind garages and shit like that, <laughs> that you know, and it was, it was a ton. So I figured the market was just going to be saturated, but no. It, I mean, you would think that, year. but like you go to Oklahoma city. I mean, even if you look at weed maps and weed maps is only a fraction of the dispensaries because it is very expensive to get listed on weed maps and stay on weed maps. Um, but if you pull up Oklahoma city on the weed on weed maps, there's like a thousand dispensaries in Oklahoma city alone. I'm, I'm probably exaggerating that number, but when I would drive to work, I drove six city blocks, right? I went through five stoplights. And in that time, I went by six dispensaries. When Detroit were like that, went back here. I mean, I they, Detroit was super bad. They're everywhere, like but they're all busy. They, you know, they all, <coughs> that they're all busy, but the ones that have good products at good prices with good staff are busy because the market will sort itself out. If you're selling bullshit at, at top shelf prices, you're not going to succeed. You're not going to make it. But if you're selling top shelf at a, a reasonable price, I mean, because people will pay for quality product, they will. I mean, maybe not as much as some places charge, but, you know, I mean, if you deliver on the goods and you have a, a quality environment and quality product, you will succeed in Oklahoma. It's too big an, of, of an industry not to. Next time you meet with the city, throw on the Masonic suit and sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be a bad idea. Actually, considering all the people on the city board, I know that would work. I just always tell them if they try to argue with me too much, I'm like, you know what? I'll just have my attorney get a hold of you. I'm not dealing with you. That's what I pay her for. That's what I pay her for. She can deal with you. And then no, 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 no. Come here. We'll, 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 we'll talk to you. Yeah, that's what I thought because they don't want to get sued because this, the state statute says that you cannot, city and county ordinances do not circumcede state law, period. Can't. So them trying to say that they are writing an ordinance that does not allow marijuana medical dispensaries inside city market, or I'm sorry, reading chat, oops, inside city, city limits goes directly against uh, state law we i mean they're they like five or six different towns in oklahoma have already been sued for this exact same thing and i've taken them copies of that statute and copies of that precedent and was like here's your options you can either allow us this or you can deal with this my attorney's cards on top have a good day and within a week, they had changed their hearing dates. And basically what they're doing now is they're not, 
they're not saying we can't do it. They're just making it really fucking hard to, to do it. Like uh, the normal business fee, like an occupancy license fee in this in the town town I'm from, is twenty five dollars. Like the grocery store, the grocery store pays twenty five dollars a year to operate in the town I live in. The liquor store, which my parents own, pays a hundred and fifty dollars for their license because syntax. They're trying to charge me fifteen hundred dollars yearly for my occupancy license just because I want to put in a cannabis related business and I'm also having to have a variance wrote into city law or city ordinance to allow me to put it in a residential zone property when the the, where my house sits it faces commercial lots I am the only commercial residence on this entire block. So them trying to say that I can't put a building in my property that's already facing commercial lots, like it's it's so stupid that we're even having to fight with it, but we're having to do it and because it's cannabis and people don't like it here. They're so, so backwards, it's ridiculous. But there are laws that protect shit like that, like the Open Meetings Act. They have to they have to allow me to meet with them. They have to allow me to present my presentation to the city board. Like they have to allow if I follow certain procedures, they have to allow me to be voted on. Um, so kind of is what it is. I'm just, I'm at their mercy. It sucks. But my farm is outside suck. city limits right now. So until we we really uh, get to wanting the dispensary in, it's not a huge issue. <laughs> um, because we're only going to have the dispensary in, in the city limits. Yes, Rose, I would subdivide the property. Friends of City Board of Investment in bars or something. Actually, Bill, where I live, um, we only recently passed a liquor by the drink law. Um, I want to say it's two or three years ago. So you couldn't actually, um, uh, you couldn't actually sell like mixed drinks in city limits or in the county. You could only sell beer. So. So I, I'm curious to hear your opinion on that. Uh, how do you see, you know, Oklahoma grows a lot of our food, you know, bread. Do you see it kind of cannabis impacting the food market a little bit uh, as it opens up in the Not bread? at all. Um, a lot of the places... As far as, because I, like I said, I live in a very rural rural area. Um, a lot of cows, a lot of pigs, a lot of commercial cattle and pig operations here. Um, and they don't care. Um, the state is in so much trouble right now with 
the oil and gas industry being so bad that we're going to have, I forget what they've already projected, but it's like almost a double digit budget shortfall for this year. Well, the only thing that's saving part of that is the cannabis industry because in from just January through, was it June or July? Somewhere in there. Oklahoma sold more in cannabis, made more in cannabis sales tax in that six months than they did in the entire year of 2019. I mean, the amount, the amount of money that Oklahoma gets in sales tax from cannabis is like, I want to say something like 30 million a month. Like it is ridiculous the amount of money that they're getting at this point. And it would not surprise me because of the budget shortfall if they don't go in and try to change everything the way the law was written, because the way the law is written right now, 7% of the profit, 7%, there's a 7% or 15% sales tax on cannabis and 15%, that 15% goes into like the education fund, all but 7% of that, 7% of the, the total goes to run the program, pays for the, o, the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority and all of that crap. Um, but the rest of it is supposed to go to uh, education. Keyword supposed to. It would not surprise me if before long they don't try to go in and reroute some of that money into uh, the general fund to make up for that oil and gas shortfall that we are inevitably facing. I mean, they know it's coming. They've, they've, they've talked about it. They just haven't admitted that cannabis is the way out yet, but it's coming. Cannabis is definitely the way out, but I'm just worried about some of these farmers that, you know, they see the margin. I've seen a lot of farmers. Unfortunately, I have seen some farmers that have tried to switch from running cattle to growing hemp or, you know, one year they did hemp and they failed miserably. So, oh, well, we're going to do THC products this year. They're damn near going to lose their farm because they're just not... The market has almost dictated that if you're in it for the money, you will fail. Unless you're so big and you have so much money that it doesn't matter how much money you throw at it. Does that, does that make sense? You know, like I know some farms that, you know, they've spent half a million dollars on one building, you know, and they throw out boofy bullshit. You know, it's sad, but they're, that's what they do. That's what they put out. And if it wasn't for them having their own dispensary, they would have nowhere to sell it because the market is kind of, has kind of figured out, I guess, that who is in it for the plants and who's in it for the patients and who's in it for the money. Because of a lot of the farms that I saw working over that year, year and a half at the grocery store, over half of them failed because they would come in and that one, they wouldn't know much. And two, they would be 
you know, oh, we're going to make this much. And how, first questions out of their mouth is, well, how much is a pound? How, how many pounds can I get off a plant? It's like, if, if that's the first thing you think of, and it's not like, what does the plant need? What, what does the plant want? If that's not what your focus is, you're going to fail because the market and the, the climate in Oklahoma is very difficult. It's hot in some areas. It's cold in some areas. It's humid in some areas. It's dry in some areas. It, we have like, there's, it's mountainous in some places. It's like high desert where I live. So it really just, the people that from like Cali and the people from Colorado that thought that they were like, I know what I can do and I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to take over. They got out here and a lot of those guys failed too because they weren't prepared for the weather. They weren't prepared for the bugs that a lot of the farmers have dealt with. But a lot of those guys make so much money on the crop insurance that they get. It's almost not worth for them to risk their wheat crop or their corn crop over you know, a cannabis crop that could fail. And I don't know, that they just make more money, I think, if they stay with traditional crops. I just have not seen very many successful farms of that scale, you know, like the full on agricultural farms that have been successful. Like most of the successful farms in Oklahoma are like light duck greenhouses or, you know, indoor warehouses like we're going to do. There's a few places that have really good, um, uh, they do some really good outdoor, but 90% of the outdoor they process. So it just really, you know, it's all, every grower is different. Again, I mean, it all kind of depends. So. You're muted again. I keep muting off to save me a little bit of pain. With hey, thank you for being good about that. By the way, you're fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Oklahoma's been a, an interesting place, you know, to watch it develop. You know, I I can't wait to see how you guys change it uh, in the long term and it how you guys plant count factors into that so far there is none as long as you have a commercial license you there is no plant limit so i mean sky's the limit like i said i know guys that you know the the guy that i used to work for he has 11 hoop houses and he runs about 1500 plants per hoop house so well mainly what i'm the great thing i'm hoping for is you know some amazing genetics come out of Oklahoma. You know, with that, that kind of opportunity there, that's that's an amazing opportunity to do some pheno hunting, you know, and just pheno hunt, find some winners, put mom aside, pheno hunt, find some winners, put mom aside, you know what I mean, and develop just an amazing library of cannabis in a short, short time. That's kind of what my friends and I have been trying to do. Like 
if we come across something really good, we'll all kind of trade cuts and like we have more room than some friends of ours do. So we've been able to keep more moms. And when I was in the city and I didn't have as much room, a friend of mine who's a commercial gardener would just take whatever cuts I gave him and would be like, no, I got moms, you're good. So now when my commercial garden is official, excuse me, I just have to call him up and he just hands me my mom's right back, you know? So it's, it's nice. It is awesome. It is awesome. So, uh, let's see here. Where else can we go from here? My little Um, There's a been a pretty good conversation. Did you think you could do this long? I know you were pretty nervous. In I the don't beginning. know. Yeah, I, I'm, it's kind of crazy. I didn't realize it was three hours. That's wow. Yeah, I told. I told you it's pretty easy once you get rolling. It really does. Uh, yeah, I just. I mean, roll. I've gotten squirreled a few times, but you know, I do that every day. Anyone who knows me knows oh, that I get distracted very easily. We're uh, no stranger to being squirreled around here, too. I actually, in the like uh, the 200 range there, I grew some uh, throughout. Uh, I actually won to 200. I get so confused. Uh, I grew some throughout a, a sticker there, and it says uh, squirreled. It's, uh, it's a shout out to Cannon Queen and her, her episode there in the beginning of the episode. She's like, you're going to have to kind of keep me in here. I tend to squirrel a lot. And she <laughs> and she would, every time she drifted off, she'd just go squirrel. <laughs> I, see, I need to like announce it because like, I'm just like, wait, what? what? Oh yeah. Oh fuck. I was talking shit. That noise that I heard was me. <laughs> it's like oh fuck because sometimes i get just high enough where i get to that point where you know we're like uh that point on uh fuck what movie is that god damn it we're their fret guys you're my boy blue well oh that's uh old school old school school. we're there at the debate and he's all like like goes into this zone and he's like like half retarded when he comes out like that's how I feel most of the time so I that's that's me and like most light nights on the rabbit hole you know that's like the end of my day I'm all smoked out fucking really foggy and like most times smiling be fucking talking some you know, intelligent shit and I'm like it's exactly that just out of nowhere pop in say one knowledgeable fact and then I do this shit in chat all the time. I'll be because I I love the YouTube community. I try to be as active as I can. You know, I try to support as many people as I can and watch as much content as I can. And I love the live streams and the same shit. I'll hear something and be like, you should, man, you should try this. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. And then I'll go back to fucking being stoned for the next hour and a half. <laughs> How do you guys feel about seed testing and breeding? 
few runs. Man, I don't know enough about breeding seeds to have an opinion. <laughs> that is one road in the cannabis journey I have not ventured down. Oh, I just, my opinion on breeding is, oof, stop. Everybody, please stop. Let's catch up with fucking genetics. Um, you know, unless you're going to take it down the, the road of, you know, actually true breeding, textbook type breeding where you're stabilizing genetics and stuff, which takes a long, long, long time. Uh, you're just kind of adding to the current problem where everybody, there's so many people right now that's throwing out hype times hype. And a lot of times that hype hasn't been properly worked out right. Yeah, or Hermie, a lot of them are. Uh, hasn't probably properly been worked out yet and all the goofy shit worked out. So you could actually be breeding in problems that you haven't even foreseen yet. You, you can, and with that being said, here you turn around and sell them seeds as a livelihood to you and then destroy, could possibly destroy somebody else's livelihood or medicine, even worse. You know, somebody's medicine that, you know, that's what they're counting on. That's the big screw there. You know, and that, but, that you know, right there is why I have not ventured into breeding. Um, there's so many other things that I find interesting about the cannabis plant. Um, just just the botany in general. And, and then the soil biology behind that is very cool. But just because your plant Hermie doesn't make you a breeder, just because you stuck a male in a tent with five random female plants doesn't make you a breeder. And, and that to me is the frustrating part because you have all these new people that are coming in and spending hundreds of dollars on these hype packs and they're all F1s. You may, you know, you pop all 10 and, and eight of them look different. Like that's not fair. You know, that's not cool. Like I'm not going to pay for your testers. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, it's not just you. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. You know, breeding, there's a there's so much more that goes into breeding. And when it's properly done, I have no problems in paying with them packs because I know what they've went through to get quality, dependable genetics. You know, but I look at it. That's what's going forth right now. It's a lot when of people it. like you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Some people are doing it. Some people are doing this, you know, like you said, for sustainability. And at some point, maybe I get that to save yourself a buck. But at the same rate, you can clone that girl, too, without actually getting into the genetics, mixing up the genetics pool of it at all. You know, and I'm hoping with where we're at with tissue culture and everything else, breeding gets responsible. You won't even have to worry about, you know, reproducing seeds because you're afraid of losing the strain because the breeder will tissue culture mom and pop. And then if they ever need be, you know, that strain's lost or needs to be reduced, they'll have the proper genetics to properly bring it back. 
leave the genetics alone. Stop trying to recreate things, you know. And then once we have a steady genetic pool of the shit we know is what it is and what's stable, then let's push on with some quality breeding. That's all. That's just my opinion with it I, right I now. We're, lot, we're like, already on the verge of fucking shit up with hype times of hype. I mean, there's I mean, no indication. It's going to get great quick. I mean, and there there are no indicas. There are no true indicas. I don't care what anybody says. There are no true sativas. I don't care what anybody says. Everything is a hybrid. Period. It's all been bred and bred and bred and and rebred and recrossed. And to me, all of the the hype breeding and and all of the the pollen chucking, for a lack of a better word. To me, it equates to the difference of like people who breed exotic dogs for a living. Like a friend of mine, she breeds um, expensive bulldogs. They're very rare colored. She breeds them specifically for these colors. She only picks them, only picks them her her studs by certain things. She's a breeder. She's not out there selling puppies in a Walmart parking lot because her dog got out. Do you see, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you see the metaphor I'm trying to make here? Like, it's a diff, yes, a Buddha boy. It's like a, a case, like a registered animal versus a mutt to me. And I'm not saying that you can't have amazing mutts, but you can get really good, you know, like you're going to muddy up gene pools and it's, yeah. The, the breeding aspect of the cannabis right now is yeah that's a, a fiery subject but I, that's my opinion on it too is it just I mean, needs if, to be slowed down if people like st bernard's to... there i could i could see your your uh your point there and if you the difference being there st bernard's is the, a sustainability there you're doing it and you're talking about as you know a farmer keeping good stock for yourself you're not producing seed you know and one shots you know like we're talking about just wham bam i'm flipping them out there to make a buck and i'm not breeding them properly sounds like and i, I there's no sounds like i know you st bernard's i don't know you again on top of that i don't know you but i've seen you around the community forever and i've seen you speak on cannabis now forever i'm sure you know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> that's one of the other reasons i've been trying forever to get you on the show st bernard's observation movie. but uh you know in, in some aspects as long as you're keeping it for home and for sustainability and you're happy with what you're putting out and or in, that's awesome that's fine it's, yeah. But it's the ones that are, you know, throwing it out there and making a buck, you know, right. not doing the work that I have the problems with. I don't remember who said it in chat, and I can scroll up and find it. Um, but it was, they said intention, Buddha boy. It, it is the intention, 100%. If you are growing seeds um, because you like to breed and you like to play and you, you know, that's what you enjoy about this plant. And knock yourself out. Grow all the seeds you fucking want. But don't turn around and lie to people 
about some high bullshit and trying to make $200 for five seeds. I think that is sketchy. I think that is shitty. Now the guys like that there are people like that spend years and years perfecting that. And I guess what, what, what I was trying to say with the, the, uh, the, the dog reference, it's not more AKC versus mutts. It's more like professional breeders versus the backyard breeder, you know, the puppy mills, you know, like the, the breeder that, that takes their time and, and selects the four specific traits is different than someone who just pumps out puppies, regardless of what it does to the mom, regardless of what happens, they're just pumping out puppies for money. That to me is the difference. And I guess I should have explained that better to kind of comment on some of the things in chat. Cause you're right, some mutts are badass. And some people can make some badass crosses and it's at home. Hell, I'm running one right now. And it's, it looks amazing. So, I mean, I'm not saying that there's not a place for it, but I 100% agree that your intention of it is, is, is everything. Because, yeah, you know, if you want to make seeds for yourself because you like that strain, you want to keep it around, hell yeah, go for it. But, yeah, it's the people lying and the, the shittiness of the industry that pisses me off. I guess I'm just working in Oklahoma City and seeing um, seeing the shadiness, the shady side of the industry. Like it makes me defensive for more of the home growers. Also, I wasn't meaning that home growers are puppy farms. What I was meaning is the people that pump out F1s that don't take care of their shit. Like puppy mills. So I was like, I'm not a home grower because honestly, most homegrown is better than most commercial shit because home growers have, as I said this before, they have more time. You know, they can give the plant, each individual plant, the love that it needs. So, and commercial growers just can't do that. I don't know, my opinion's not the same as everybody's, so. I mean, they're into each year's own. That's right. You know, that's what I. You know, I mean, that's one of those things. If you want to breed, knock yourself out. I, I don't. I don't have any desire to yet. Maybe in 10 years I will. But I don't want to. So, it's not, See, not my company. I know a lot of breeders and you know i like my dollars and if i i guess and then well, i've said this for now for a very long time basically all i'm asking for when i buy seeds is i want to know up front what the fuck i'm buying if you've got some random bullshit and you haven't worked it tell me it's an f1 yes my first run with this shit that's an f1 you're gonna find multi-bullshit 
I just want to know in the on the pack what stage in the fucking lineage that it is. One hundred. So I can buy appropriately. I want to be able to fucking buy with when it, mostly when I dish out some fucking good cash for my seeds and I'm putting something out. I want the phenol fucking type to be. I want the hunting to be done. I want it to be done. I want to fucking pop some seeds. I want to find the phenol selection that I've seen right there in the picture. I want what I've seen bought to look like right there in the picture. Yes. No questions asked. I don't want to have to find pop a hundred seeds to find that one on the pack. Flat out. You know, and if they're fems, I want to fucking pop fems that all look alike. I don't want to necessarily a little bit of drift there either. I want them to come up and I don't want to have to think about which one I'm going to take the clone off of because I they're so close that if I take fucking a clone off of this one, no worries. It's going to be pretty much the same as the other four I popped. You know, it's that's quality breeding. That's all yeah. I'm asking for. Absolutely. That's 100%. You know, I just don't think it's fair that people are going out on the market and selling their F1s for hundreds of dollars and, and then expecting other people to pheno hunt for them. Like, I just, I think that's horseshit. Like I said, tell people these are F1s. If you want to pay for F1s and you want to pheno hunt yourself, then that's, that's on you. That's the market. Let the market decide what the market wants, you know? Let the people buy what they want. If that's what you want to buy, then knock yourself out. It's not what I want to spend my money on. I'm like Eagle. I want my shit to look like that package, on the picture on the back of the package, or that picture on the website. That's what I want. That's what I'm paying for. You know, because I don't have time to, to pheno hunt. I don't have time to, to find that one keeper out of 10 and, and mom it out and then make cuts. I Hey, ain't nobody got time for that. Well, actually, I do have time for that. I, love <laughs> I mean, lots of people have time for that, but I, I don't, don't I don't have the patience for that. Don't get me wrong. I like the pheno hunt. I am most definitely a hunter. But when I vote with my dollars, when I'm buying something, I want fucking stability. <laughs> Damn it. I'm not necessarily hunting at that point i'm i'm buying because that's already been done and i'm already i want to buy your award winner or whatever you know what i mean i want that strain that you got but i i won't take in the cut because yeah. <laughs> i don't take in cuts you know what i mean i want to grow it from seed like i don't trust your shit <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've seen lots of people taking one plant and it's fuck everything, fuck their whole garden up, so. It happens, it happens. It does happen. <laughs> uh, breeding, it is, it's a hotbred subject right now. And, I, and oh, yeah. the breeders themselves are very touchy about it, and I can understand why. So many hype strains are being put forth, and a lot of times, you know, again, I don't think there would be the problems if they went, you know, hey, this is, I I hunted this out or I got this from such and such breeder. You know what I mean? This is the lineage, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and, and just give them a nod. 
for the hard work they put in. You know what I mean? There's a lot, I think that's where the breeders get pissy about when they know good and well your fire strains half of the strain that they put in all the hard work in, and they're not even getting a fucking nod because you took a cut of it in, (laughs) threw a mail on it, and now all of a sudden you're the man because (laughs) you didn't even look back and go, hey, shout out to such and such. I've been working with his gear. That's the way I think you should be a little bit more respectful. All that time. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I just, breeding to me is, it should be a responsible thing. It should be something that whether you're doing it for yourself or whether you're doing it commercially, it's, again, it's two separate things and, and your intention should be what it's about. If your intention is to make money off of it, then be honest with what you're selling. If your intention is to keep yourself stocked on your own personal seeds and seeds to maybe pass out to some of your friends to get them into growing, and hell yeah, more power to you. Read that shit. Read that fire. Do what you got to do. Just be upfront about what you're doing. Like, be honest. I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Uh. Just reading here, chat a little bit about uh, some of their experiences with seeds. Or it happens, man. It definitely happens. I'm not going to talk smack about some of the breeders I know because I know a lot of them. But no, I know a lot of good breeders, and I, you know, a lot of them work very hard. And I know a lot of guys that, that breed as hobbies, you know, and and they enjoy it. They get just as much enjoyment out of seeing what they you know what they crossed as as i get seeing how frosty i can get my buds to look you know it's just another part of the hobby that people can enjoy so what have we missed tonight what do you think have we missed anything that's uh i don't think so I mean, we're, I'm trying to stay away from politics and religion, so. Yeah, I don't blame you there. <laughs> That's just smart. It's just smart. <laughs> it's just good upbringing right there. <laughs> uh, so what do you, uh, you got a lot going on for 21 there. I mean. I do. Very Are you ready for 21? I mean, no, not a fucking even a little bit. But it is what it is, and failure is not an option. Um, my family has put a lot into this. Um, we've all put a lot of bullshit aside to come together and work on this project together. Um, financially, it's it's do or die. You know, I mean, we all have that much at stake at it. So, so failure is not an option. But it is going to be a big, a big jump from going, you know, from a four by eight to an eight by eight to, you know, running 18 lights. So, and that's just the first. So, have you guys? put together uh like a brand 
You know what uh, I mean? Uh, well, what can we be looking for? Um, we come to Oklahoma Farms. next year. Five Aunt Farms is is our farm name. Um, our logos, uh, yes. like green and white. It's like a knuckle with brass, like brass knuckles. Um, uh, the concentrates. I don't know what we're gonna do with that just yet. We haven't even tried for the concentrate or the processor license yet. Um, we're still kicking around some ideas on names with that one. Uh, Devil Duck Concentrates. Devil Duck Extracts is, is kind of front runner right now. Um, just because I have a big double rubber duck tattoo on my leg, but I don't know. That's neither here nor there. Um, just being kind of, kind of just going with the flow, seeing where shit takes us. I, I've learned real quick that I'm not in control of my life. Um, fate is, is, a, is a fickle thing and shit, you know, people say we make plans and God laughs. That's, that's the truth. So I've just learned to just do the best I can and work as hard as I can and whatever happens, happens because at the end of the day, I have no control over it. So just might throw out there because I got a I got a weird mind and ass on the shit it pops out. This is just a random guy's vote on your extracts name. I want to throw I want to throw my my bid in on a name. Okay. So I'm sitting here and it popped you popped into my head when you guys were talking. And so based on it, I got five on it, you know already. I think I would go with five finger smash extracts. Maybe like a fucking smashed hand with some shit like dripping that. down his arm. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> my book. Yeah, I'm stealing that idea. Right on the right on. That's funny. I like that. Things pop into my head like that on bullets all day. Yeah, that's awesome. It took us what, two weeks to come up with the name for the farm. Yeah, that took forever. Shake my head now. Oh, I forgot. Uh, need to warm it up now. That's actually the process. That same pad actually goes from the freezer to the microwave. It's pretty cool. Those are neat. I've seen those. I like the heated side. It's sometimes I've I've fucked up my body sometimes. So many times it's it amazes me how good cold can feel sometimes. It's like, oh it should when it shouldn't, you know what I mean? Oh, that feels so good. And the same, but in the same aspect, in this injury, heat has been more the friendly side of things. Yeah, take the swelling down, but the the, the heat side of things has been nice. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Did I ever say that when it comes to certain shit? <laughs> 
Oh man, I can be stupid about some shit. I really can. So do you need to go swap That's your right. thing? I should hear sometime soon. Yeah, throw it in the microwave and heat it up. For sure, for sure. Uh, let's see what else we got to discuss. I mean, it's been a fucking great episode. By the way, uh, before I forget, put the Zoom numbers up in case you guys ever do want to come on and hang out. Let us know uh, how things are progressing over there in Oklahoma. Maybe do oh, a for product. Sure. For sure. We got something going out today, tomorrow. Hopefully, we're still up and running that long for sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. But, yeah. uh, Zoom numbers are always the same. Cool. I always use the same one. So anytime you see a rabbit hole or whatever, you can come hang out. Oh yeah, and, appreciate uh, that. Hope, hopefully, we get to meet the uh, the Mister side of the tent there <laughs> as yeah, well. He, you know, what he's I mean? he uh, he's a very busy guy. Um, he has a kind of a safety sensitive job. I mean, he's not directly involved with safety sensitive things, but he is a supervisor for like wind and solar. So he can't really show his face, talk on camera much. So do I try not to say his name? Like some people that, you know, that I talk to like in my discord or stuff like that know his name, but you know, I I try not to say it. So. Another discorder. uh... Yeah, my discord, my little tent, I think it's 2237. Um, my little tent cannabis campground is the name of the group. Are you in there with a uh, lemon hocos bunch? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Yeah, you should be. He's good I might be. Years. I don't know. I'm in a couple of different ones. I don't remember. I just started Discord like a couple weeks ago. So. Yeah. I really started paying attention oh, to it. Ah, that's one. That's the one right there. It's like. My nemesis right so far. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I personally like Discord more than Zoom, but I think it's just because, like, I can, I can put gifts and stupid shit in there. Like, I can kind of split things up a little more. Kind of like, I don't know, compartmentalize shit. I guess. That's why I don't like it. <laughs> Fair enough. I swear swear to you on everything. That's why I don't like it. That's why I do these lives. I'm like, editing what? (laughs) This thing's thing's getting published as soon as we're done here. You know what I mean? They ain't no go back and edit this thing. This project done. (laughs) <laughs> next and that's the same thing about discord is you know this i tried it you know when i started i was doing the michigan bros Bros thing and they started off on their you know discord thing and i quickly seen that you know it was like sub brand sub brand sub brand sub brand sub brand spread sub brand and i'm like you could get lost in this motherfucker and i have I was, I don't say I'm an old fucker. I don't know what the fuck to say, but I'm, I have trouble with group chats on Instagram. 
You know what I mean? I have to, I literally, when I'm in a group chat, feel the need to go back and read everything since the last time I checked in. Oh, God, and I can't. By the time, and some of them, yeah, I know it. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. By the time, you know, I said hi and read back to where I fucking got out, you know what I mean? Now I'm I'm a whole nother conversation out. I'm back where I came into the chat. I'm never, never fucking yeah. caught up. I always, I'm that idiot that like chimes in five minutes later and you guys aren't even talking about that anymore. I'm like, yeah, that's funny. And they're like, ah, his mom just died. I'm like, oh, wrong conversation. You know what I mean? That was funny five minutes ago when you guys were still talking about something else, but now you guys are, you know what I mean? Talking about something <coughs> totally, uh, uh, inappropriate about or some shit. You guys are like, man, pay attention, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to. I spent the last five minutes reading up on chat. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I gave up on all that. I was like, there is no way. There is no fucking way I'm going to be able to keep up on Discord. Just gonna I, stay out I hang out world. in like my Discord, and and then I hang out in like a couple of Zoom chats, and that's about it. I guess about the places I go, and I watch a lot of YouTube live streams. So I'm I'm very active in the, the live stream community, or I try to be. I try to be there to answer questions, or just talk shit, or joke around. You know, when you live in a very small town and you social distance, it's hard to fucking meet people being in a town period a small town period let alone the social distancing part of it it's hard to find people that have similar interests because it's just population wise there aren't many people let alone people that like to garden so that aren't 80 well, years old and freak case. out when they're like oh no i grow cannabis <laughs> Even in Michigan, I'm still a little leery about, you know, because I'm in a small town, too, and I you know, I try not to talk a lot of shop at, you know, anywhere. You know, you get me downstate, I go one town over, you can't shut me up about weed. You get me up at my local grocery store, and you're not going to find me fucking talking plants. You're probably going to find me seeing standing there stinking like weed probably but you're not gonna find me at there's like one little mom and pop grow store that you know shout out to them you ain't gonna see my truck in front of that <coughs> fucker i'm going two towns over to get my shit and hopefully the guys two towns over are coming over here to this grow shop to keep them alive but you know it's too, it's too small town that you know i just you know, know, for the longest time, even when I was growing, like, growing just for me and my friend here, like, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't talk about it. You know, I never wore anything. I mean, now, hell, I wear a weed necklace. I've got, like, weed earrings. and I wear nutrient shirts and shit that says got weed on it, like, all the time. I get lots of looks, but I'm just to the point, like, I'm damn near 40. You can kiss my ass. Like, <laughs> I'm going to wear whatever the fuck I want. If you don't like it because it has a plant on it, then I'm sorry. Like, I don't get offended when you wear when people wear roses. Why are you mad at me for wearing cannabis? It's the same thing. 
Well, I, I'm still there in a lot of ways, man. I've been up to where I'm at. I moved like northern Michigan. And I'm a carpenter by trades, and I'm a good fucking carpenter. But I, at one point, you know, I realized that as good of a carpenter I was, I was getting tired of fucking coming home every day, trying to shake off the day. You know what I mean? Hour, hour and a half of, you know, just let my body rest and trying to phase into doing other things. I was like, man, I can't, I can't do this. I don't want to be doing this. I know a lot of guys that, you know, are fucking framing. I, I just was roofing with a cat that was 66 the other day. I'm like, yeah, this is great. I don't want to be you. <laughs> I know the penalties. It's one and when it's one of those things too. When you get to be doing that for as long as he has, you know, shout out. Hopefully you're not listening, right? <laughs> but you know, it's one of them things. You're either gonna do that that you you hit a point to where you're either gonna fucking do that for the rest of your life or you're gonna stop and possibly die. <laughs> and that's the that's a that's that's the fucking truth of it all, man. You know, your body you you do that for so long and then you quit and then your body locks up and, and then it's it's fucking shitty days after that. Or you keep doing it till the day you die. Yeah. And I know a few guys that are like I said are up in their sixties. I know one cat that taught me how to fucking every most of my finer aspects of carpentry. Uh, you know, for some reason, you know, he got out of the finer aspects. He liked the, the, the framing aspect of it. And he's still fucking 65 years old, fucking framing, oh, getting up on roofs, setting trucks, <clears throat> building walls and shit. I you know. And he'll be, he's, he's one of the first ones that told me about what I'm telling you. If I quit doing this, I'm going to die. I'm going to lock up and die. I'm like, I, I know it'd be true. My grandma's the same way. My grandma just turned 80 in November. Happy birthday, nanny. Uh, and yeah, she's still got a job. She she manages my parents' liquor store. You know, and for up until about a few months ago, hell, she had two jobs. I mean, this woman will work forever. Like, we'll probably find her. Like, th that's how we'll find her. She won't show up at work one day. And that's, that's how we'll know something's happened. Cause that's that's she's the same way she's just gotta keep working gotta keep doing something so i made that decision that i was gonna fucking make the switch over you know i was growing anyway but i was like hell i can transition hopefully into a, a legal market doing what i'm doing so i i was like yeah this is now's the time i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the switch in the the tracks and make this transition and I've been did it down there for a long time. And then I moved up here and it was like, oh, I thought I was okay. I was like, the plan was, okay, I'm going to do what I do, but I'm not going to talk to anybody and I'll go, you know, to the dispensaries, do the over just things. Then all of them around me got busted. Like the first trap out, I went out, let business cards, like pretty much business cards, samples and numbers at all of them. Like the day before they went where I got, got rounded up. I was so fucking worried. So fucking worried after that shit. But uh, so 
I was still after I moved up here. I didn't want to talk to anybody about growing and shit. So to this day, man, a lot of these older folks that I live around up here, they come up and retired. I'm not. They come up. I'm sure shit. Not going. Starting the conversation with. I'm a caregiver. That's what I do. I'm fucking still a carpenter. You don't know how many porches I've fixed. <laughs> you know. Silly jobs I probably wouldn't have taken even in my best of days. You know what I mean? Just enough to go, yeah, okay, I'm wearing the nail bags instead. You know. See, you see me, hammer, huh? Carpenter, man, yeah, I'm a carpenter. <laughs> I totally. Yeah, so I'm still taking jobs I don't want just to save face. <laughs> you know, that's, we kind of, last year, we we moved to Oklahoma City about a year, a little over a year ago. Uh, we, well, about, about a year and a half ago. And we just decided, like, I want to be in the industry. Like, no matter what it takes, no matter what we have to do, it's going to suck. We're just going to embrace the suck and do it. And it was the best thing we ever did. Um, moving to Oklahoma City, one, got me into the industry, but two, it introduced me to the friends that I still have. Like, like my boss at Cultivate, I mean, yes, he was my boss, but he's still my, you know, he's my friend. Um, if I have questions with my grow or whatever, I can call those guys and be like, hey, this, what do I do? You know, and to have, one, to have friends that you can call and talk to on that level is awesome but also been taken under the the wing of two of the like really big names in the industry and and to be guided by those guys to what i needed to do was priceless so i all the bullshit we went to is totally worth it Just to, you know, sustain a life and live a life that's, you know, it's somewhat based back where we should be. I think we're blessed, to be honest with you. I'm, every day that I cultivate this plant legally, I feel blessed. You know what I mean? There's, I, I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. If, if I did, I would be old and gray. I never thought that I would see legalization, you know, actually happen i thought it would be my kids generation that changed it i didn't really think my generation would get it done so well this is something that i enjoy and it's you know you could actually it way things go you know sustain a family a family farm if you wanted to see it that way and you know that's that's a pretty awesome thing that's something that you know i could i would love to be able to teach this to my daughters have them actually teach them to the kids i don't actually see a problem with it like that you know i do love my carpentry like i said i'm a skilled fucking carpentry i love building things out of wood but do i i wish a lifelong career of fucking throwing about fucking pine and old fucking timbers and shit on my fucking son or my grandsons you know for a lifetime only if they enjoy it but, you know, would I rather see them, you know, live a self-sustaining life to where they can be their own person when they wake up and do what they want with their days? And yeah. Yeah, not, I'd much rather see that. 
I would much rather see that. It's been too long that the petrodollar, per se, has made us check into these nine and five, nine to five jobs that we fucking hate. A lot of us, you know, this is a lot of our chances to go back to living. You know, not that not a dream life, but uh, to me, if you can sustain yourself. Yeah, as long as you can live and sustain yourself, that's a dream life, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, what more than you we waking up, being your own person, doing what you want to do, and if that entails spending your day in a garden or fucking hunting your meat or fucking whatever, do you know? So be it. You know, live your life. That's the way I see it. We should, it's a time that we need to get closer back to. Yeah, I agree. Shit got way too complicated. Like that's that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to is being able to teach my son like how to grow food, you know, like not just how to grow cannabis, but I mean, yes, we yes we grow weed, but you can take the same principles that we're applying to this and apply it to broccoli, and and you would grow some bomb ass broccoli, you know, and you can use all of these skills and apply them to different things and and be successful, you know, it's not just about being able to grow cannabis, you know, and grow medicine, like, yeah, that's great. But now I can also grow food for my family. So if God forbid something happens and, and we can't go grocery shopping anymore, I can, I, it's, it's cool. I can grow, I can grow some vegetables, you know, I mean, I'll be eating great, but we're going to, we're going to be eating, you know, it's, it's that kind of shit for me. I think that's, that to me is a really cool part of it. That is a really cool part of it, too. And that's another aspect that I've seen night after night talking to a lot of growers here is, you know, it's it's a curve. There is such a beautiful curve into cannabis from seeing people just smoke to growing to actually giving a fuck about not only the plant, but everything. Everything. You know what I mean? What they're feeding their plant. It goes fucking right about from what you know, what they're feeding their plant and what, how they care about their cannabis to go, wait a minute, this applies to everything. And why am I eating this fucking nutrient fucking depleted food? I want fucking just like my cannabis. I want quality food. And I think that's going to be the next phase. And it all is, it's going to benefit all industries. I mean, a lot of people want organic, and that's that's great. I mean, organic vegetables are fantastic, but they're so expensive in the stores. And just because something is labeled organic doesn't mean that it's necessarily been produced in a good way for you. You know, the the commercial farming market is kind of sketchy. Some of the shit they do and they get by with is kind of sketchy, even if it is organic, you know doesn't mean that you can't do safer and better at home. Same way with cannabis. Once you learn even the basic principles, you can do better yourself at home because it's all about the time spent with the thing. If you spend time with your plant every day, you're going to get a good harvest. Seriously, I mean, you will because you're going to know what your plant wants. You know, you're going to learn. The more you're around it, the more time spent with the thing, the better you're going to get with anything. You know, growing is no different. So. 
most part, man, it's been an educating, you know, process for all the way through, you know, and I seen it, you know, people's appetite for learning grow incredibly as they're, they're wanting to grow continues, man. It, it does. It, it goes from just wanting to know how the nutrients work to, you know, all the way through how the microbes are working all the way IPM. Yeah. I mean, it's all phases. You know, the, the stereotypic dumb, lazy stoners done gone. Yeah. You know, once people realize that people are smoking weed before work, just to, just to wake up, just to make themselves feel better. And it's it, a lot of shit gets there's, I, that's another funny thing too. The whole stoner stereotype there. I, I like yourself there. I, it sounds like you've been smoking some cannabis for quite some time. I doesn't sound like you're a lazy person by any means. You know, oh no, I'm like lazy as fuck. <laughs> pretty, pretty ambitious dreams there. I'm ambitious I mean, it doesn't no, sound like lazy. anything you've got going there would, you know, be a dream I, for anybody. You know, lazy. I, I'm lazy right now because I can be, and I, I've been enjoying being able to to hang out at home and be with the family before it, it's like the calm before the storm hits i mean that's that's literally what it is and that's what we tell every like when we go hang out or like we work with the, our show animals or whatever my son will bitch about how busy he is and i'm like boy you don't even know i'm like you have no idea how busy we're all fixing to be like this is well, this is it, calm so that's what I'm saying too. All the people that I know that are in the cannabis industry in almost all phases seem to get like four or five hours of sleep. They're the hustlers, man. Yeah. I'd see them in like several different cities and different events. It's like, do you guys ever Absolutely. sleep? They're like, no, not really. Yeah, I mean, one I'm trying my, to get this dream going. <sighs> one of my, like my mentors in the industry, he's, you know, he, he, started royal gold when he you know soil he, he sold royal gold and then started growers you know he still has growers but he also has the, his grow stores he owns three grow stores that are extremely successful then he has a cannabis grow in humboldt he has a cannabis grow in oklahoma he has a cannabis grow in colorado like he has his fingers in everything and and he is super successful but yeah he's that man has a joint in his hand every time I see him. Like all the time. He's stoned all the time. But he is the most ambitious, driven person I've ever met. Like him and his wife are two of the coolest people I've ever met on this planet. Love hearing that. Love hearing that. Yeah, they're super fucking cool. Is it cool to shout out another podcast on your podcast? Yeah, you shout out whoever you want to shout out. <laughs> okay. If you want to check out a good cannabis podcast, um, it's called The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. Um, he's actually, it was in the top 50 small business podcasts in the country this year. So it's a really successful podcast. He's really cool. But he's really knowledgeable. Um, and he has people from like Oklahoma growers, Humboldt growers, breeders, um, all kinds of people so it's a really cool podcast to check out if you just want, want one to listen to so but yeah chip is chip taught me a lot and i if it wasn't for chip and his wife jessica and chris at cultivate 
I would not be the grower that I am and I would not be as like, I guess mentally prepared to go into a commercial setting as I am now. So yeah, I, I, owe, I owe them everything. Yeah, I'm awesome. I'm all about supporting, you know, people and other any anywhere where we can get good knowledge. As you know, that's what the show is basically about. Is hearing everybody's methods and you know products they work for them or whatever. Yeah. And uh, hell yeah, where it's all about helping out friends. <laughs> yeah, they're it's, cool people, man. Yeah, that's that's the best part of this community. Is like. That's what I like about the the community and YouTube especially is like being able to teach people. Because I remember when I was doing research and learning like <laughs> just like how nice it was to be able to find the answers I wanted. And then I remember like one of my favorite memories of, of being at Cultivate, like just this home grower just starting out, he was like, you know, what do I do? And it's like, I can't tell you what you want to do, but like, I can like totally help you, you know, and to, to have him come in time and time again and show me pictures of his plants getting better and better and looking better and being healthier to him bringing me in a little bud that he was like, look what I did. Fuck yeah. Like to me, that's the best part. Like, I, I want other people to get the sensation that I get when I grew my first plant. The first time I smoked that OG Kush that I grew, I was like, that's it. I can die a happy woman. I have achieved my life's goal. You know, I mean, it was just like, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. You know, and I was so proud of myself for what I had done. And I, I want other people to feel that. So, so I like to teach. There's no, you should be tight. We should be teaching. You know, it took me a lifetime, a lifetime, a lifetime to figure that shit out, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. It's one of the weather places. When I look back at my life, that's one of the things I honestly look back and go, man, dude, you fucked up. I honestly, seriously, you know, I always thought as I was growing up and lived life that uh, you know, that little knowledge is power. And basically it can be. You know what I mean? I always thought that I, you know, the bits of knowledge that I was acquiring, the ticks, the tips and tricks that I was acquiring both now in the cannabis field and in, you know, construction, carpentry, were assets to myself. You know what I mean? They're what set me apart from, you know, dollar-wise from mm-hmm. other people. And uh, what I realized looking back is it was stupid. I should have been teaching, you know, making my job easier and helping other people move forward as well. You know, and one of the biggest, the biggest places that I see that... Uh, I should have done done this was unfortunately with my biggest regrets is with you know with my children to be honest with you you know I love them to death 
but there's a lot of things that uh, I'm still doing, basically, because, uh, you know, when they were growing up, it was just, they were girls. They were mowing the lawns, shit like that. You can get hurt, get out of here. I don't want you, you know. Hey, I, I didn't. I did not have and, that bad. I grew up like 20 miles out in the country in a farm. We literally did not have running water. Like I grew up dirt floor, dirt poor. And I was the son my dad always wanted. Like there was no room for me to be girly. It was, yeah, like we raised cattle and stuff like that. So it was like we raised bucking bulls and shit. So yeah, I rode bulls and all kinds of crazy shit when I was a kid. So there was no room for me to be that girly, girly makeup wearing doll playing girl. That was never me. I was always the the rowdy, crazy one. So <laughs> it's just funny, you know, how people grow up so different. Yeah, because like my dad, when I was 16, was like, look, this is what you have to do. And like he spent all day teaching me how to like change my oil, change my brake pads, change my spark plugs, repack my wheel bearings, like just dumb stuff. At the time, I thought it was stupid and I hated it and I bitched and bitched and bitched. But when I was in college and my car broke down on the side of the road, I could call him and be like, hey, this and this and this is wrong. Come help me. And he, you know, and he knew like what tools and shit because I could tell him, you know? And so I've always kind of tried to do that with my son. Like, look, I, I've learned this much in 30 years. Let me download what I've learned so that you don't have to do that. You've got 30 years of knowledge before you ever even leave your house and get out into the world. It's, you know, like, I want you to know everything I know and then go learn everything you can learn and then come back and teach me. It wasn't until, and again, you know, no regrets to my girls. It was what I provided, what I chose, you know what I mean? Oh, it yeah. wasn't until this, year, this last year, the last girl in the house, Courtney, 17, fucking mowed the lawn for the first time this year and i was like for a i was still fucking terrified terrified she was gonna cut off a toe the fucking thing was gonna flip on her whatever still like peeking out the window fucking oh god that's just, that's just a dad though that's just a dad and because then, i guarantee you like every fucking dumb position my dad put me in like whether it was spotting lines for him while he dug with a backhoe, you know, or setting me on the back of a calf in a, a shoe. I guarantee you, every time he was just like, oh, this is a bad idea. I'm still going to do it, but this is a, I hope she's okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you worry. Their parents. Still, I walked around the yard that day. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? This was my Saturday. This is what I had lined up. And she was like just marching around, cheesing. And I'm like, it was like that first time when we had a babysitter for the first time. Like, what the fuck? 
I do now. I got the whole afternoon. I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. And what I what I did was exactly like I said, smoked some joints, peeking out the window. Fuck. <laughs> she okay? I heard that I uh, fucking thump. They hit the you know ran over a rock, man. Practically tripping over myself, fucking peeking out the window and shit. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. I've, just... I've done the same shit with my son. You know, he uh, it, it's been a little easier for me, I guess, because he uh. My, my son has a very rare brain condition. It's called Moya Moya. Um, basically, the interior carotid arteries of his brain didn't form properly. So he had two major strokes before he turned two. Um, he had to have, <clears throat> excuse me, he had to have two separate brain surgeries before he was two. He's 13 now. He's completely healthy. He'll be 14 in March. Like, he's doing fantastic. If you didn't know him, you would not know there was anything physically wrong with him. Other than he's got some pretty gnarly head scars, right? So I, I had to learn pretty early to just hand him over. You know what I mean? Like, I have no control over what he's going to, you know, because for so long, like, he couldn't play football. He couldn't, he couldn't take any shots to the head or any of that kind of shit. And it's just like, you want to run behind him and catch him so they don't bump on anything and, you know, it's I. You know, he had no, no real childhood because of it. And I, you know, I always felt bad for that. So now, as a, as a teenager, I try not to to hover too bad, but like I still like follow him around and shit. Like he went trick or treating with his friends a few years. Like was it last year? Yeah, and I, me and a, my friend went driving around with him. We got we smoked a lot of weed and drove around, but we also kept track of our children. <laughs> But to them, they were out hanging out with their friends alone. And we're like a block over Mission Impossible style, like snooping on our kids. <laughs> I don't know. Parents do crazy shit for their kids. And for themselves Absolutely. to keep themselves sane for their kids to have freedom. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh. You know, as far as that goes, I've said, I moved up here. Like I said, I moved up here and I left one downstate. Now mm. I'm running pretty tight nest, man. Them girls never went far from home. And uh, to leave one downstate with a boy that was, you know, well, yeah, trying to, he was trying to, you know, yeah, every decision was like, I would say something, you know, and I, you know, dad experience, dad, no best, whatever. Yeah, let's get the car fixed over here or bring it over here and I'd fix it. And I'd hear, well, Brandon said, and I wanted to fucking choke that poor fucking kid out every time I heard that fucking, hey, well, Brandon said, and then she, then it came time to where, you know, all right, I'm moving upstate. Well, I'm staying down here with Brandon. That broke. Oh, that was um, dad's girl too. She went everywhere. She went to job sites with me. She do. You know that one didn't know how to cut tile and all that shit. And now it hurt. And then first time, like you said again, but I never made her do anything. She was, you know, she went. She knew how to cut tiles. She would do things when she's asked. But as far as like working on cars, blah blah blah, no idea. No idea. 
So the first time she was coming up here like every weekend. And then the first, and I'd be just fucking biting nails from the time she left, because it's a two hour trip. Yeah. From the time she left Flint to fucking to where we are now, I'd be like, eh, eh. <laughs> and then fucking she'd get here and it'd be great the whole time. And then when she'd leave, it would be the same thing. Heartbroken, completely worried about her on the fucking way home. The fucking one time she got about halfway and fucking she ended up getting a flat tire. But the way she described it, she fucking she had gotten practically gotten a wreck. I tell you what. Oh man, I raced out of this small town like it was on fire. And you know, it was it seemed like hours to get to that flat tire, thinking down you know, the worst. Just thinking the whole worst, I get there. <coughs> oh, this is it? Shit. Well, fuck, we're back on the road here. Give me five minutes. I can swap out this tire. And it was that, too. If I would have took her the time to show her how to fucking change out a tire and where it was and all that good shit, save me hours of time. But eh, hey, where, I, where I live, it's so far to get from point a to point b because it's just wide open spaces right it's it's like 40 miles to the nearest town you know my dad always was like i want you to be able even if you have to limp it somewhere you know to be able to at least get to somewhere so you're not out on the side of the highway so i can always appreciate that you know everybody trying to teach me as much as they did and uh, my dad was probably just as protective as you were. He had an application for permission to date my daughter. Let's see if I can still find it. It's pretty funny. Oh, I'm definitely, definitely that dude. Definitely that dude. These girls won't even leave the house when, you know, they pull up, that little punk pulls up in that driveway and he thinks he's honking the door. He's a fucking, he can no, hit the you fucking get your ass out, You get in this house. I want to meet. Better shake my fucking hand before you fucking walk out, my daughter. That's right. And he better. Add, I I can be so intimidating like that too. Oh, I've been went through that many a times. My dad is six six, and full beard, big cowboy dude. You know, and I remember one time in particular. <laughs> this I was probably 17, 16, 17. And uh, this kid that he has known my whole life. I've known this kid my whole life. Asked me to go to the movies. Dad said it was fine. So the boy comes over to pick me up. And my dad is sitting in the chair with a cleaning a, a pistol with a rifle across his lap and a bowie knife laying on the arm of his chair. I'm like, really, Dad? Really? He's like, what? Just... Just cleaning my guns. Yeah. Uh-huh. Today? Of all days? Okay. Yeah. He did that kind of shit. That sounds right. That sounds right. Here's, you know, same, right down to the knife, practically. You know, fucking, yeah. That first night that he... <laughs> that fucking, he tried to push the time barrier there. And she got a text for fucking with the revolver or with the fucking thing all cocked and shit was like, it's time for him to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's some shit my dad would do. 
for sure. He uh, he used to threaten to, to do the screen door test. And I'm like, well, what's the screen door test? He's like, I'm going to throw you through that screen door. And if you're brave enough to walk back through it, then I'll let you take her wherever, you know. Yeah, he was a smart ass. But I'm, I'm his only daughter. I'm his only child. Like, he was super... He put me on a fucking longhorn bull and turned me loose and let me get hurt. But I couldn't go nowhere with no boys. <laughs> it's definitely hard watching him leave. I'm not, that's, that's just the first one. I still got two at home. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. It's, it's, ugh. ah, girls. <laughs> I'm so glad I had a boy. I'm so glad I had a boy because I only have to worry about one little prick in the world. Not all of them. You know what I mean? Your dad, your, your girl dad, you know exactly what I mean. Oh yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I definitely know. I hear, I've heard stories that have made me absolutely cringe from the older one. It's like, How'd you get that by me? You know, but <laughs> uh, that, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, I've slipped a few times in, in the process, that's for sure. <laughs> in my dad's security. Yeah, my, my it's dad's funny fine. because he finally eased up a little bit. He likes the husband, just, which is good. So that's been nice. Just like they say, them boys will find the weaknesses in the security of the walls, too. I guess right. they did. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, heck, I think this is a good place to yeah, uh, call it good. Be, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I hope you, that uh, you take time to pop in again. Uh, I lurk I everywhere. Just because I don't say hi doesn't mean I'm not I'm not around. I, I lurk everywhere. So. Well, saying hi and letting everybody know that, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's enjoyed your company tonight, getting a chance to know you. Now, other people would like to say hello as well. I appreciate um, that. I will. Yeah, if you want to. I still would like to get my sound bite from you. And I wanted to throw out, too, you know, uh, we did an event on uh, Thanksgiving, 420. Did one on Thanksgiving where I did uh, like an all-dayer and kind of, you know, thinking about doing it on Christmas. You get a free few minutes on Christmas at some time. Yeah. I think we're going to do another 24, 24-hour episode. You want to yeah. pop on, tell the community Merry Christmas and smoke probably one? Do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any plans for Christmas thanks to COVID this year, so... That's what uh, that's what the response that I got from Thanksgiving, you know, people were actually very uh, excited about hanging out all day uh, Thanksgiving because they couldn't do anything else, you know, but hang out with the community. So it'd be awesome, you know, or any other rabbit hole, you know, I, same thing. Numbers will yeah. be the same. Awesome, I appreciate uh, one, like. The only other thing I'd like to get from you before you go is the sound bite. I don't know if you know what the sound bite is. I don't. Probably not because I've been pretty lazy about posting them up. I've just 
but they will get posted. Basically, this will be, or uh, the advertisement to your this episode when I oh, get okay, cool. to it, hopefully sooner than later. It's yeah. basically like the old school radio sound bites, depending on what type of music you listen to. But, oh, yeah. you know, hey, this is Eagle Gardens, and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode 273. Oh, my God. I think that's right. It is. I know, right? It's crazy. Uh, it's a lot of shows. But they, yeah. That's what I'm looking for. So if you could, yeah, please give me sure. your sound bite. For sure. I'm ready whenever you are. Hey, this is my little tent, and I am on fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode two seventy three. Thank you very much. I appreciate you and your time. Thank you. Hanging out with us it. tonight. It's a good time. Anybody you'd like it. to give any shout outs to? Any thank yous or anything before oh, you go? Thanks to everybody in chat. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for purple. Thanks to purple thumb because I think he's the one who recommended me coming on here. So appreciate him. Everybody in the neighborhood, I'm probably going to see you here in a minute. Um, my, my, my best friend in chat is Tater D. Tater D, delicious. Got to say hi to, Tan, or to, to Tater. Uh, hi to everybody, man. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Check me out on Instagram. Like I said, it's my little tent 420, but underscores for spaces. Um, my little tent on YouTube. I don't have a whole lot of content right now because... I deleted my other channel, but I'm working on it. So it is what it is. But yeah, I guess you. you guys have a great night and I will see you sometime. <laughs> Deuces, everybody. Right on. Thank you. Have a good night. Later, Eagle. My little tent. Thank you very much. You guys, I know you guys enjoyed this episode. I've seen it in chat. Uh, I've enjoyed it as well. What a great person and, you know, another great member to the community that we didn't, well, I didn't know that was there as well. It's uh, been great to know about her and her, uh, her journey in cannabis. And I wish her and her husband, her family luck in the current, the cannabis game. And I hope to see more of her and them, uh, in the future. So, Shout out to you guys. Thank you for your time tonight. For the rest of you guys, I know there's only a little bit of time left here, but I am going to fire up the rabbit hole here in a few minutes. If anything, to uh, pay some respect and do the shout outs to our friend DOA. If you guys hadn't heard, um, yeah, our, our friend that we've gotten to meet through this crazy journey. This last year, uh, DOA did pass the last few days, and uh, it's tragic to hear that. He was a great, genuine soul, and uh, I'd like to give my moment of peace, uh, my uh, moment of silence to him, and smoke up with one, and uh, those of you who want to, Johnny Kinseed, uh anybody else that's has a ticket to jump in the rabbit hole real quick and uh it'd be pretty awesome nonetheless this is the end of my little tents episode episode 273 thanks again uh to my little tent for uh popping on and telling us about herself and her family and her growth it's pretty awesome 
But uh, you guys know the deal. If you're not going to follow along into the rabbit hole here in a few minutes, thank you for joining in. Thank you for uh, everything you do. This is an amazing community. I'm so blessed to meet so many great people, including DOA this year. I feel blessed that I have was graced with him and had him touch me with uh, with his story. He was a great dude, and he will be missed. So I'll talk to you guys in a minute. You guys know the deal. Random acts of kindness do save lives. Uh, do something nice for somebody. Let's change the world one deed at a time. See you guys in a few minutes. <clears throat>